Welcome to Karate in the Garage. I'm Corey Cope. I'm Freddie Woff. It is the 28th of December, 2020 today. This is the last episode of the season or the year oh, oh, oh. of the fucking dumpster fire that 2020 has been. Oh, now, man. dumpster fires, yeah, there's always something good in a dumpster fire. It's not total shit show all the time. We had some good things that happened this year. You know, yeah, there's a few. And uh, I mean, it just bottom lines, it could have been a better thing. So that's why we're here today to give you a taste of one of our favorite things we did last year in 2019. Um, it's a couple of days late, but this is our this is the second Christmas movie that we covered in the history of the show. Uh, and it is Shane Black's The Nice Guys. The Nice Guys. Because you're seeing it right there. Yeah, totally. App. This, if you've heard us, if you've heard this the first time around, then you know how much we love this movie. If you've heard any other episodes where Nice Guys yeah. gets mentioned. I feel um, like we talk about Nice Guys a lot we on do. episodes. We do. It It might be second most to Lethal Weapon. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it probably is. And it's only because we don't have a paint joke in uh, Nice Guys. No. But do we make a reference to it? We had to. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think we do have a penis joke that we've used. The kid on the bike gets a lot of gets a lot of airplay. <laughs> yeah, all the boogie nights thing. Yeah, yeah, that whole thing. <laughs> that whole, that's what. That's the, that's not the kid from Boogie. What? <laughs> that old chestnut. <laughs> Who started that rumor, Dirk Diggler? <laughs> yes, so ridiculous. What the fuck? Anyway. <laughs> So again, I feel like a lot of people haven't seen this and it, 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 it troubles me <laughs> because yeah, man, uh, there was one other movie that we had talked about covering and it's probably the only Marvel movie you'd ever be willing to cover. And it's Shane Black also, and that's Iron Man three. And I kind of have a feeling that would, that movie would be better served as a commentary. Maybe we'll do it one day. Yeah. We should do it like we did Deadpool too. Yeah. Iron Man three. It's a Christmas movie. You watch that too. But anyway, we're talking about nice guys. And just like with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Shane Black carves out this amazing moment in time in the 70s. And it's fuck. Dude, it's just fun. Dude, this movie just, is fucking fun. It's like Russell kills it. You see a, a comedic side to Gosling that you hadn't seen before. And if, He's not the dude from the notebook and you know that. And he's, he's so classically funny with the physical comedy in this. Like, I mean, yeah. Krussell, Russell Crowe is like the Krussell. It's Krussell. Krussell. <laughs> when you see this and then you see Unhinged, you're so oh, yeah, reminded man. about what a fucking powerhouse he is and how his range is so fucking infinite. You, you remember what a, amazing talent he is but it, sometimes it comes down to to the work and uh, of, of the script and what's presented to him in the filmmaker like Derek or Shane in this case just oh my god this fucking movie so great and the cast just like every Shane Black movie the supporting cast is just gold always yeah, gold I mean just you get people popping in you're like whoa holy shit it's Keith David yep it's <laughs> Margaret Qualley and and they show up, and that's by the way, I thought it was a fun thing we point out in the episode um, with Margaret Qualley being in two movies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that were serious period movies. Of course, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Nice Guys. 
Dude, uh, an excellent pairing if you have five hours. Yeah. <laughs> you can throw these two movies on together. And this is the shorter of the two. Ironically, it is the shorter of the two somehow. <laughs> anyway, this movie, we hope you enjoy the crap of. Again, just like with Go last week, if you haven't seen this. Yeah. Don't what even, are you waiting for? Don't rent it. Just buy it because it's going to be one of the favorite, most favorite things you have in your life when it comes to movies. You're going to fall in love with it because, well, it's lovable. <laughs> That's it. And it's Shane Black, damn it. And it's one of those movies I find that gets better with every viewing because there's so much going on yeah. that, uh, you know, you see a little bit more of it every time you watch it. We And we when we do our episodes too, we generally will watch one. We don't usually watch them together, but we'll watch one just to kind of like remind ourselves just for pure entertainment fact. And then we'll kind of do a second pass for notes to kind of to bring up in, in trivia and that kind of thing. I saw something different. I saw some new things the second time I watched, even in the movies. I've seen it a dozen times. In a two-day period, I saw something I didn't see the day before. It was so weird for a movie that I'm so in tune with and thought I knew. But at the same time, and Lethal Weapon is the same way. It's so layered with the from the script standpoint, right? Yeah. By the way, I want to point that out. We've, we've mentioned before that we don't cover Lethal Weapon because everybody else has done it or whatever. But none of the, the, the um, podcasts I've ever heard talking about Lethal Weapon has ever pointed out something I noticed early on when I was, you know, a burgeoning screenwriter in, in 1990. The initials for Roger Murtaugh and Martin Riggs are opposites, RM and MR. It perfectly represents the two of them and who they are as cops. And I don't, they're complete opposites. One's by the book and one doesn't give a fuck about the book. That's the kind of, that's the kind of intricacy that you get with Shane Black. And it just keeps giving. Yeah, man. I mean, that, that's the thing about nice guys. There's so much going on here that you can't possibly take everything in, uh, in one viewing, you know, it's, and again, it, it, this film is it has an hour. It's, I'm just going to call it two hours. It's uh, but it never feels, it goes by so quick, man, that you're kind of bummed when it's over. Yeah. I, I mean, I am anyway, you know, and I think that, you know, when you go back and listen to this episode, you will definitely hear our enthusiasm for this film uh, shine through. Yeah. And it's almost a Christmas movie. I'm saying only because the LA car show is usually right around, <laughs> starts around Thanksgiving and runs to like the first week in uh, December. So, you know, it's close enough for me. But it's, uh, dude, this movie fucking smokes. And please watch, if you haven't seen it before, please watch it before you listen to the episode. And, uh, and right, because there's spoilers galore. Yeah. And we, wa we want you guys to enjoy it as much as possible, but also we want you to be able to recognize and like go, oh, yes, I agree with that. Oh, yeah, I agree with that too. Anyway, so we hope you guys enjoy the Nice Guys movie. If you've already seen it before, watch it again. Just, yeah, just to refresh like yourself. Thing. Fuck. And you know, it's fun because it's, you know, Christmas was a couple of days ago and now you get to listen to us yeah. talk about a Christmas movie after the fact. But Correct. Christmas in July next year, damn it. Yeah, man. <laughs> We're going to carry our No Rules 2020 into No Rules 2021. That's correct. Fucking, how about just fucking No Rules ever? All right. That's fair. There you go. Rules schmools. And if you want to follow us on social media, I'm on Twitter at Corey Culp and our official is the, uh, was it at Karate Pod? Yeah, that's it. At Karate Pod. It's been a while, right? Yeah. It's been five minutes. About five minutes. 
Um, we're also on Letterboxd, too. I'm at Corey underscore Cope. Or if you'd like to support us on Patreon, which would be amazing because we really appreciate all that support, it's uh, patreon.com slash KITG podcast. If you'd like to follow Freddie, you can follow me at Raven Shattuck on Twitter, Rock and Roller 33 on your Instagram, or at Letterboxd under the name Tom Cody. That's Tom Cody. Streets of Fire. Streets of Fire. Tom Cody. Michael Pare. Michael Pare. Willem Dafoe. It's Diane Perry. Lane. And a cast of thousands. Neon water. Neon water. You can fix anything. Alan Graff. Alan Graff, right in the opening shot of the movie. Boom. Running with Diane Lane over his shoulder. A better sight I'll never see. And uh, next week, brand new episode. Yeah, man. We'll get something fresh. I'm, ta- I'm calling it now, man. 2019, 2020, beta version of Karate in the Garage. 2021, we're going alpha. Alpha. When was the kid? Is that next? What's that? The kid. His daughter? No, no. The kid that, that was getting, he gets the porn mag and everything. Was that the very beginning or was that after those two are introduced? No, the kid with the porn mag was when, right, he was looking at the porn mag when Misty Mountain crashed through the, right. yeah, but, that was the very beginning of the movie. I know, but we didn't talk about it. We totally skipped. We kept talking about the opening without ever saying what really happened. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck do we do that for? I don't know. Garage. I'm Corey Cole. Nah, I'm Freddie Waff. Wee! Woo! Is this our first Shane Black movie? It is, man. Shane Black. Shane Black. We have for you today. Fuck, I love this awesome, movie. My number two that year, The Nice Guys, with, the... with Senor Russell Crowe and Senor Ryan Gosling. Yeah, man. I God, I love this movie. This is probably, this might be my favorite movie from 2016. It is. I saw it in a theater yeah. in New Orleans. Mm. Uh, the f- second day it was out because I think I flew there on Friday and I saw it on Saturday. That's awesome. Yeah, it was. It, oh, God, I love this movie. It's another one of those silver picture produced movies, just like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, that is so damn good and yet nobody saw it. Yeah, man, it's weird. Like I felt like this movie, this movie had hit written all over it, and right. just I don't know, man, just uh, had weird. had nice guys been released. After La La Land, I think yeah. I think they would have had an easier time promoting it, right? And marketing it. Also, why did they release it in May? I don't it's weird. know. It's uh, but I guess you know when are you going to release it? There's none of that. There, there used to be that uh, kick off the summer, but now it's in February. Right. Well, yeah, well, because the original Deadpool came out and and John Wick and John Wick Two came out in March. Yeah, Black Panther. But see, Black Panther though is really they're chasing uh, through the yeah, line yeah, for story sure. for that. Of but, course, but 
I kind of, I don't know, man. It's just me, or does somebody have a problem with Shane Black? I he, based on what I've heard, lore wise about Shane Black and his business. I, yeah, I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, if he burned some bridges. I mean, this is like a fifty million dollar movie. It's not like it. They no. didn't shoot it. I mean, they, 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 they There's some serious production value in this. Yeah, movie. well, I mean, just in, in period. Kiss, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang was the same thing. They yeah. had. It's funny, you, you have a very um, similar casting with the two leads that you got in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Oh, yeah, for sure. You've got Russell Crowe, and just like with Val Kilmer and Kiss Kiss, they both have a, they're trying to climb back into that level that they've been known to be at. Now, granted, Val Kilmer's never won any Oscars, and Russell has. Correct. But it's still the same kind of casting where, Shane likes to use faces that you know, but aren't, you know, that actually assist them with their budget. <laughs> and they're not, they're not going to tax your budget too much by putting more well-known people in there, which they incur, of course, can turn market. But it, these two are so fucking good together. Yeah, man. I mean, that's what I, I think that's what it all comes down to in these Shane Black movies is the chemistry of the right. leads. And right. he's not necessarily concerned with like casting the hot face at the moment. Right. Uh, I mean, Gosling is kind of in the, you know, it's funny because Gosling is kind of, uh, to me, he's like another, he's, it's, it's like Brad Pitt. Like he's got, he's like leading man looks, but he's best as a character actor. Yeah. Cause I always find Ryan is awesome. Um, I, I don't know for me, like I don't, uh, the movies I like of Gosling, they're more where he is like, it's this type of movie where he's not, he's not carrying the entire movie on his back right? and he's allowed to have fun and not be, you know, a handsome, you know, cause he's a great, he's a good looking guy. Right. And a lot of times, you know, you know, good looking guys, you know, they end up like Victor Mature, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You don't, it's, but them, he's really good in this movie. It, Love him. It, and, and we talked yesterday or maybe it was Sunday and just in text about, you're not liking Drive, and that's fine. That's not. I'm not making a point of making. It I say, worked oh, on I Drive, like, so I got to. I know it's not you're, the movie I remember us making. But there's loud. things I don't like about it, but yeah, I, no, but, I don't. But I'm gonna bring it up because there's not very much that he's done that I don't have, you know, the liking for or all the way to loving for. Um, but like you, to to your point, uh, Blade Runner 2049. He's he's not the only person carrying that movie. He's not carrying the movie all on his own. Obviously, Harrison's in there, and and. Uh, Jared Leto and other people, but just like those movies, these the main focus is this chemistry between Russell Crowe and yeah. and Ryan Gosling and the and character actors surrounding them. By the way, I want to jump ahead. I didn't know until this viewing this morning that that was Gil Gerard. Oh God, really? I did not. Oh my gosh! And after that, once I realized it, the rest of the way I'm like just staring at the screen, going, "What happened to you, Buck?" What happened? He's old. He's 75 years old. <laughs> but I just, maybe because I hadn't seen any recent pictures for him uh, and seen, I'm like, oh my God, he's bald. What happened? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, he was always, like, look back at Buck Rogers. It doesn't surprise well, no, me that he, he was, was. No, it's true. It doesn't surprise me. He had that, you know, his hair was like kind of always, it's like that 70s hair. Like, you know, it's weird. It looks like it's very fine, I would say. He had fine hair even back then. He had a lot of it, but it was fine. He made the majors. That's what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, man. Weird, right? The right. Gil Gerard. That was great. I it remember was, in the theater, I was like, holy fuck, is that Gil Gerard? Do you know when I, you know why I realized at this time and not previous seven or eight times I've seen the movie? 
seeing his name in the opening credits. Oh, yeah. That was just, I didn't catch it before. And this time I was like, what? Because there's a thing about Chain Black openings, and it doesn't matter if it's something he's only written, like Lethal Weapon. But the opening credits for Lethal Weapon are a lot like opening credits for this. Yes. Where there's just something, there's you're seeing things happen, but they're throwing up the credits in between. So much like a television show, like a 70s television show. No, 100%. And also, I got to say again, excellent use of needle drops in this movie. Phenomenal. We start Phenomenal. with Temptations, Papa was a Rolling Stone. So good. I mean, and it's and it's it's motivated. It's coming from the stereo in the car. What? Yes. It's not just dropped in the middle of a birth scene. Are you trying or something to tell stupid. me that, that there is a song in a movie that wasn't driven by the fact of its availability and actually for its use and story telling the story? Correct. Wow. I am telling you that. <laughs> and that's kind I of... I didn't know that was done. Because of ever. really... Right? Because again, like you're saying, it's similarly the weapon. We get a man at Hunsecker jumping off the building as we're hearing Bobby Helms Jingle Bell Rock. Right. And it, it's similar opening uh, in Nice Guys. And, you know, again, all the needle drops in this... You know, it's weird. I'm going to say it right now. I wasn't going to say it because I'm... But this movie... Dude, I would pair this movie. I mean, it'd be a long day. <laughs> it would be a long double feature. But I would pair this movie with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Dude, that would be a really long day. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. But I'm. They're very like you know, uh, like if you like one, I can't imagine you wouldn't like the other. Yeah, and I have to say, sidebar, I watched it for a third time the other day. Mm-hmm. Once. Is it on? Is it on? Uh, it's digital right now. Oh, okay. And I think it comes out. Um, yeah, like on the next, 10th or something. Next week. Oh, a week from, yeah, a week, week after. From the, we have yeah. the Killer Man open. Yeah. Comes out, yeah. Oh, look, I'm just gonna, We'll just leave it at that. That's why I, that's why I didn't want to say it. Because I don't. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't. Uh, it's better than my first and second viewing. So go figure. Yeah. I mean, look, it's one of those movies I feel like I'll probably. Like, I, I saw it the first time and I thought it was. I, I thought it was good the second time i liked it a little bit more there were things you know i'd be curious to see what my third viewing of it was would be like um but i do like it and i felt like watching this and it's not just because margaret qualley's in both movies Who, who's adorable dude she's i mean she's as fantastic in this as she is in once upon a time in hollywood yeah uh, maybe even better just because there's more of her in this movie i think and there's no focus on her bare feet no, I like the bare feet. I thing. know. I'm just being. I'm just taking a shot at Tarantino. <laughs> it's all. okay. You could take a shot at me too, because I do. They didn't have enough feet shots. Well, and, but here's the thing. Out of those, I mean, I'm, I'm going to just stay on that just for long enough so we can talk about her. At least Tarantino's obsession with feet, yeah, uh, works in 1969. Yeah, for sure. Because everybody's nobody's wearing shoes. Yeah, yeah. And that's just, that's just seeing her bare feet fits within the 1969 whole yeah. free spirit kind yeah, of. Yeah, man. Nobody vibe. was wearing shoes. Nobody was wearing shoes. Right. In this movie, she's just adorable. Well, the, you know, she the whole movie kicks off with, uh, well, how will we start this? Our first introduction is to Jackson Healy, right? We meet, uh, which is played by Russell Crowe. Do we see him first? Yeah. I believe oh, so. Oh, yeah, yeah, because we're getting right? a little VO from there's him. A, there's a voiceover. Let's pretend like I saw it this morning. Yeah, there's a voiceover. <laughs> and he's talking about, you know, how he makes a living. He's just a, he just a dude that takes money to beat people up now, man. Yeah. And he follows us. He's he follows this little girl, thirteen years old, and right. she's and we're getting a little voiceover from him talking about how kids are fucked up these days, messed up these kids are, and she's getting in the car with some thirty year old dude because he's got good weed. Because he's got good <laughs> weed. 
he follows him back to his place, uh, to, to the, the pedophile's house. He's on a stakeout. He's kind of waiting for things to just, cool down. Just He's just sitting off to the side while the dude's inside with his with the 13 year old girl and he's just eating peanuts and throwing the shells <laughs> under the guy's car seat or through the dude, open window. Yeah. Uh, this might be one of my favorite Russell Crowe performances. Oh dude. He's so good in it. You know, I mean, this, that's saying a lot. Cause I love him in almost everything. And this goes back to what we we're saying before, like uh, about like with Kaminsky method or anything like that. You, you don't think you think you don't like a somebody based on their his historical performances, or whatever, but, or whatever it is that you, this is, this is, and then I'm going to agree with you. This is my favorite Russell Crowe per- performance. I can't even... Performance. Yes. Coffee. Uh, coffee. I, I mean, he's great in it. I mean, dude, it's it, it, just his reactions, the little nuances. Uh, you know, I, I love the fact that we're cutting back and forth between him throwing the peanut shells in the car and we're sitting and he's in, you know, and inside this creepy 30 year old dude is smoking a joint with a 13 year old girl with braces on and short shorts and, and, and he says, I'm the man. And she's like, you're the man. You're the man. <laughs> and then the man? you're the man. Thank God she got up and left. Cause they must have either already done what they were going to do. I'm glad they didn't get into showing it. Cause that would have been a little too weird. Um, although we, <laughs> the movie definitely doesn't shy away from weird sexual Los Angeles, 1978, uh, which is all, it's all the better for it. She gets up, she gets on her bike and pedals away. Right. You already know she's 13 because they say she's 13, yeah. but then she gets on a bike that says she's nine. Yes, totally. Just to kind of sell the point. Just to sell it to how fucked up this guy is. So then Crow Jackson Healy makes his way up to the door, knocks on the door. Guy opens the door and he says, you the man? And he's like, oh, kiss him a look like, what? What? And then he just pulls back <laughs> and lays out. And Russell Crowe's already. Brass had, knuckles. He's already got big mitts anyway. <laughs> and then he's got oh. brass brass knuckles surrounding it. And he just punks him. Stay away from little girls. And walks away. Yeah, dude, it's the greatest <laughs> thing ever. Like, dude, I wanted to say, I literally think I might have like yelled in the theater at that moment. It was so great. And when he punches the guy. It. it it's just a comma, and then he puts a period on by saying, stay away from little girls. And I'm going to say, dude, I know firsthand, Russell Crowe, has, his hands are like a baseball glove. And they are. He put his hand on my shoulder, dude, and it's like, <laughs> his, he's got big hands, so I would not want to be hit by his hand, much less his hand wearing a giant pair of brass knuckles. When I saw it in the theater, I thought, where did they have to get those brass knuckles custom made? Oh, they did, for sure. <laughs> he, see, he has brass knuckles, but he seems like i mean you're 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 corroborating what i had already felt he's got the kind of hands that don't need them nope dude his like his balled up fist is the size of a softball i'm just gonna say so you know if you took a softball and you 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 belt you you melded it with a pair of brass knuckles go hit yourself in the face with it that's what it's like that's awesome yeah it's crazy man um right so look that's our introduction to jackson healy and that's our introduction to the beginning of the movie right now we cut to gosling Right. Sitting across from this crazy lady <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or a potential client. You you have a Shane Black tone set. Right there and there. Even, Stay away from little girls. <laughs> exactly. Boom. And that's a common theme throughout all of his movies. Yeah. Starting with Lethal Weapon. Just scripted, but starting with Lethal Weapon and underage girls and all that kind of stuff. Well, yes. Into Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Right. And long Kiss Good Night. All of it. Yeah. He, he's... 
definitely got somebody in his life that was affected that way because he writes it in almost everything he does. Sometimes it's a little more obvious, like with Kiss Kiss, but sometimes it's not. So when we cut to Ryan Gosling sitting with some old lady in her living room, keep in mind, too, we didn't really point this out. This is 1977. So this is the first thing he's put out, right, that it's actually a a period piece because everything he's done was supposed to be set in today, today's time, right? Everything he's done? Yes. I mean, incl- I mean, everything, even from when he's something he's written all the way through. Shane? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he's ever gone. He, he's never written a period movie. No, no, not I did not. This. Not before this. I mean, this is kind of his ode to like the Rockford Files is what I feel like. It this is really, like, this yeah, is like, yeah. this is like, this is like Jim Rockford. It's like a two hour and 14 minute love letter to the Rockford Files. There's one thing that Shane Black is brilliant at is the buddy cop movie. I mean, that's where he got his start who's writing lethal weapon well selling lethal weapon because everything he does with that is where he's his he's his most successful at, yes. at storytelling say what you about iron man 3 you know he's got his kind of hands tied he he was allowed to do a lot more than most directors In the, and, and i think that was robert Downey jr saying this is what we want to do and marvel right. just did it well i mean robert Downey jr wouldn't be iron man without shane black right. let's just get that out of the way yeah, right yeah. now yeah, it was you know Shane was doing him a solid by putting him in Kiss Kiss because no he was Dude, he wasn't he was not bankable he was not bankable and uh, Zodiac and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang are the movies that right put him back in like exactly the, the in relevant land. The funny thing is, of course, with Iron Man three, he returned the favor. Yeah, because who was going to hire Shane. Shane Black, much less for a movie like that, right? So, yeah, this movie set in 1977, so the decor of, you didn't really, you saw it a little bit with the intro to Russell Crowe, with the cars, and they're kind of selling that a little bit, but you can kind of get away with it. There was no focus on the cars, but once you're sitting in the living room of this woman, yeah, man, <laughs> you're realizing that, oh, this is a dated piece. Right. I mean, you get it in the opening, because it opening says it's with, 1978. Oh, did they say that? Yeah. I and then also, the, the, 19, the 1970s Warner Brothers logo at the beginning was kind of 77. a... 77. Yeah. Because they were showing on the 1978 cars. Yep. But they, they give you that in the beginning. Right. And also, I forgot to point out that amazing beat up Hollywood sign long before it was yeah. fixed. Right. The Hollywood sign used to look like utter Like it was shit. falling over. <laughs> because it was. Yeah, exactly. Man, I forget that part. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Story, 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 story. So this old woman, older woman, is telling Ryan Gosling's she's character. She's missing person. And she's hired him because he's a P.I., I'm trying to find my husband. Low. <laughs> I haven't seen my husband, Frank. Fred. He's Fred? Yeah. yeah. Fred. Fred. I should remember that, right? Fred. <laughs> I haven't seen my husband, Fred. It's been a while. Gosling is making his notes and kind of looking at him, just taking an inventory and stuff. <laughs> and he looks up and he does a double take because he sees the urn sitting above the fireplace on the mantle. And yep. it says, Fred, whatever the dude's last name is. Well, how long has it been? Um, Ever since the funeral. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, dude, I mean, he's doing some great acting with, I mean, dude, it's all on his face. It like, is. He's and not saying anything. Like we talked about with Bruce Willis in the past, where Bruce Willis in Pulp Fiction, when he's getting his rundown with Marcellus, making their, making their deal for him to throw that fight, he says so much more in his eyes and is just, yeah, same thing with Ryan in this situation. Like I said, it's one of those ones where, yes, he's still a good-looking Ryan Gosling, but now we're seeing a performance from him that we've never seen before, just that whimsical kind of Looney Tunes kind of tone. We just weren't seeing from him before. Right. But it also tells us so much more about him 
if he's taken that kind of a case. He's not the he's not a very successful private investigator if these are the kind of jobs that he's taking. Right. And he gladly takes their, her money. Yeah. Because he's that kind of private investigator. Yeah, man. He's not a good person. <laughs> he Ask his not. daughter. He's not. <laughs> but in Russell Crowe's character, you know what? He's you think, oh man, he's just fighting a good fight. But you realize that he's just like Gosling. He takes anything for a buck. For money. He's like yeah. going, and I will fulfill my obligation because yeah. I was paid to. Right. They're like you know they're like broken dudes. They do. They both do have a code of honor. Maybe maybe uh, Crow's feeling a little bit more at this point, and because he's a little older than uh, Holland March. Right. Um, but yeah, for sure, they're they're very similar. Right. Opposite ends of the opposites attract. Right. So, so he takes his he he gladly takes the case, knowing damn <clears throat> well. He's just taking this woman's money. Yeah. Because there's nothing to do. For, there's nothing. She's for, old. Well, she can do with it. Right. Insurance money because her husband's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Lord, whatever. Whatever. Yeah. I found him. He's right there. And then, uh, she didn't tell me he was dead. So after we cut, we, we cut away from Gosling after he's taken his job. And now we see uh, you know, Russell, Russell Crowe's character. Jackson Healy. Jackson. We cut from Ryan Gosling and uh, we see Jackson Healy, Russell Crowe, going to meet some girl. And we don't know who that girl is, we but she hands she... him a little cute little piggy post-it. <laughs> yeah. And it's and it's something written on it. And you do a little insert shot and you see what it is. She's basically hiring him. To discourage somebody else from finding her. Yeah. Somebody's yeah. been following her and she's not happy about it. She's scared. Right. She's super scared. And this is where we find out this that. where we meet Margaret Qualley. Yes. And she's wonderful. And this is just a, just a taste because she has come back later on. And that do-gooder, Russell Crowe, you think he's fighting the good fight. We find out. Oh my gosh, he is just like Ryan Gosling because <laughs> because this poor girl hasn't come up with all the money that he quoted her. This is what I need from you. And she was short of like, I don't know, $4 or something right. like that, something absurd. And he's like, and he's not going to take the job over $4. It was like 200, she had like 196 bucks. Yeah. And she goes, no. I needed $4 for gas. <laughs> and at that time, which I love the- Fill it, Probably fill the car. It would have put about six gallons of gas. It would have filled a Cadillac- of course, he would have to get in a fight, too, while he's in line waiting for gas during the gas dude, prices. Dude, right? I mean, they, let's see, again, another, there's another thing. It's just like this movie, there's so much going on. If you've ever been to Los Angeles in the last 15, 20 years, and those were that was your first time coming to L.A. and you're kind of going sightseeing, what you're seeing in this movie is exactly how it looked 20 years before you came through here. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was a shit show. Right. It was terrible. I mean, they've done some amazing job cleaning up that area, but they also, in this movie, did an amazing job making it dirty again. Well, they shot it in Atlanta. It was one of the things they did. Well, it's helpful. <laughs> they didn't shoot it here in Los Angeles, so that's what's weird. Well, yeah, and there's a, there's enough but here. They did, dude, they did a great job. Yeah, there was, and again, being somebody that's been in this town since I was six months old, it's hard to fool me on a lot of things. I remember something too well, but they did a great job between Really well oh. done visual effect comping with actual Dude. stuff, plates that were shot here. Man, driving down Sunset Boulevard past Tower Records, Jaws 2, Billboard above the... right And right behind it, Airport 77. Yeah, man. I mean, look, they did a really great job of, you know, recreating Los Angeles. Yep. That doesn't exist anymore, unfortunately. It didn't exist 10 years ago. <laughs> it hasn't existed since like 19... Dude, I'd say it hasn't existed in 25 years. Yeah. I was weirded up by the, the other day about me... Two weeks ago, when I was driving down Sunset, the Tower Records was was the side of the building paint was redone. 
it says Tower Records now, and it's something else that's going on there. That wasn't there. That wasn't done like that. No, they set it. They they set it up like that as part of the, the historical. And yeah. somebody else shot there. Uh, when we were doing video syncrasy, we were actually oh. going to shoot the Tower Records, and we were going to put the sign back. We were actually going to redress the inside of it as Tower Records. Oh uh, man, because there was a whole sequence that took place there. So she take he he takes the money reluctantly, <laughs> right. It's very similar to we saw him with the uh, the other guy. I'm the man. Are you the man? <laughs> he knocks on the door and Gosling is like wandering around half dressed, kind of kind of half drunk, I'm guessing. Yeah. Making himself his, you know, because he's an alcoholic. We forgot to point that out. He's got a drink in his hand almost. If he doesn't have a drink in his hand, he's searching for a drink yeah. to put in his hand. So he's, you know, he's kind of running around. Crow comes into the house and starts sort of forcing the issue and asking questions. And uh, Gosling's like, oh, please don't hurt me. <laughs> Because he knows what's coming, he he recognizes the muscle, and he. Yeah. So we have a little comic back and forth. Uh, you know, we think that uh, Gosling's just gonna roll over on his client. He's like, "Why are you following Amelia? I've been paid." You know, and he kind of spills the beans that he was hired by her aunt to find uh, Misty Mountains, who's the girl who died in the car accident at the beginning. And he's like, "You just gave up your client. I didn't just. You just did. You just gave her up without anything." And Crow turns for a second. Gosling goes for a gun in the cookie jar, and he gets bitch slapped and knocked to the ground. Right. So he gets all his information out of him, and he's like, look, before I go, give me your arm. Yes. <laughs> so he's like, no. And there's a little bit of scuffle, and he's like, tell your doctor you have a spiral fracture. And he snaps his arm. He twists it and spiral fractures his uh, radius. And he screams. Dude, he screams. Oh, it's the best scream ever. And he does it one other time in the movie. It's hysterical. He well, the, Again... That's what I love about Gosling, a handsome dude who's not afraid to like be a character, and he he's not afraid to look no. dumb or like stupid or silly right. or whatever. I mean, he's you know he's going right. for it. He's fully invested right. in what he's doing. He doesn't care about how he looks. That's why he made the Notebook. Yes, totally. Never seen it, <laughs> but I'll take your word for it. Uh, I've not seen it. So Healy goes back to his place, right, which is right above the comedy store. Right, right above Mitzi Shore's old haunt. And they're doing this crane shot so you can see the marquee of the the, yeah. the comedians that are performing. Yep. Get the likes of Tim Allen. Again, more it's more for the old people. Yeah, man. It's 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 it's, it's so multiple viewings. This is this is again this is a movie that you need to see more than once. Like all Shane Black movies. Right. There's, I mean, dude, I've seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, I don't know, fucking 10, 15 times yeah. at this point. And yeah. there's always something, I always discover something new in it. Always. And I discovered, there were things I discovered this time walking, going through nice guys that I hadn't. Yeah. So Russell, you know, in this case, Jackson Healy's going upstairs to his apartment carrying a case of Yoohoo. Now he's got a case of Yoohoo because as he was leaving Gosling's house, Right. He runs into Gosling's daughter. Oh, who's Who awesome. has a thing of groceries, and she has a yoo and offers him a Yoo-Hoo. I haven't had a yoo in 30 years. It was so great, too, because he's eating an apple that he took from, from the fruit bowl yeah, inside the house. Yeah, for sure. And I'm afraid of your dad's. As soon as he sees a yoo he like, <laughs> throws he, the apple. he threw the apple right away. But So he's back in his apartment carrying his yoo obviously. It's a great little, some foreshadowing to the relationship between the daughter and Russell Crowe's right, character. Because they have such a cute little, there's a little cute little moment yeah. where, you know. So the so he's goes he's carrying this case of you who upstairs and there's somebody waiting for him. And it's actually more than one person waiting it's for two, him. Two guys. Two thugs. 
Who are those thugs? Uh, one of them's got the worst fucking hair I've ever seen, man. Yes. God, that guy's got some bad hair. He has some bad hair. And what's funny is he goes by Blueface in the movie. Well, and, he will in a few moments go by and, Blueface. But we don't have we don't know his name, but he's called Blueface the rest away from the aftermath of the scene. Right. This guy, and this is the thing that's gonna make you laugh. That guy that plays Blueface, his name His real name? Yeah, it's Bonap. I showed Melody the picture of this guy that the main picture you see on IMDb. Oh yeah. She goes, That's the same guy. And I'm like it's what IMDb says. Basically, it was her way of saying he's pretty hot. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I mean, all fairness. Yeah, he's this, a dude. This guy that I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to include this picture in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. This guy doesn't look like the guy that they've made up in this movie to play this character. No, he certainly doesn't. Right. He doesn't even look like a thug. He looks like Ben Stiller. <laughs> like He looks like a Ben Stiller character from like the Ben Stiller show with the wig and everything. Yes. Like, and he's kind of like, and he's just hamming, dude, he's just chewing the scenery. You know what? I might even say, he might even look like Ben Stiller, high school Ben Stiller from There's Something About Yes, Mary. that's what I'm saying. That, that's yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah. Yep. And you're like, wait, I'm supposed to fear this guy? And he's got this attitude. And he's, just <laughs> he's like, like a, I'm, I'm a bad motherfucker. Yeah. And like, All right. Well, you got to do something for me to justify me thinking you're a badass because you don't look like one. Right. And his and his his silent sidekick is none other than our one of our favorites, Keith David. Wonderful as always, playing older guy, older guy. <laughs> and he's just called older guy, older guy. Uh, and Blueface is just punching the shit out of like uh, he's just Healy at this he's point, just beating his ass. And but it's not really doing anything to him. No, because he's like, a monster. Yeah, because he's like a fucking you who drinking rugby player. He didn't like it, but and that says so much about his character too. In that, it's like, yeah, he's a big guy, but he's also like going, "I'm done eating this nutritious apple. I got yeah. some yoohoo for me." Totally. This says everything you need to know about the guy. He's he's a realistic dude. He does things as he's said he's going to do. Carries out the plan that he's being paid to. He's very much a man of principle, regardless of how skewed his principles are. Right. But here he he's is. He's true to his principles. And he's taking a beating. And he says to them very clearly, he's like, look, uh, considering what I do for a living, my getting smacked around right now is just part of the business. And he's accepting <laughs> totally, it. Totally, man. He's like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. But he's giving the speech to Blueface that we don't know is Blueface yet, but just go with us. Because Blueface starts fucking with the guy's fish. Oh, dude. Yeah, he's yeah. He's taking his fish out and throwing them at him. And he's and like... All right, dude. Look, you beating my ass is part of the business. He, you know, I've earned that. I've earned David, it. Hey, hey, would you would you get this guy? I mean, come on, he act like a professional, right? Talk to him, and then he, he's your buddy. And he, Keith David just shrugs, like, "What do you uh, want me to do, dude?" Like, like Keith David knows he's a piece of he's, <laughs> he's an idiot. <laughs> I'm saddled with this guy. I'm sorry, man. What am I gonna do? They're like the bad version. They're like the bad guy. They're like the opposites. They're like the doppelgangers of Crow and Gosling. Exactly. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. all part of the thing, right? Very much so. Yes. They're trying to find something in relationship to... Trying um, to find um, out... Uh, they're trying to locate Amelia. Right. Who hired you? Da, 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 da. Yes, they're looking for Amelia. And when Amelia originally Don't hires... Don't know Amelia. She originally hires Jackson. She says guys, plural. Right. There's there's a couple guys looking right. for me. Right. We, we've seen Gosling solo, so we knew somebody else had to be pursuing her as well. And now we find out who those people are. Well, at least the flunkies involved. Guys meant three. Guys meant three, apparently. <laughs> it meant three. <laughs> three. Stop that. Three. Three like German three? German three. Right. So it meant three. Shocker um, three. 
Yep, Shocker 3. Uh, Trident. Trident. <laughs> Ariel! There is some of that in this. I think they, that yeah, that thing could have been called this little spermaid. Oh, yeah. This whole plot point we're going to get to shortly. What? Yeah, you never know. So you start poking around in the, in his safe. Now, we're not seeing it. We're seeing it from across the hall. We're hearing it. And, and we're on Crow. And Crow tells him, hey, dude. Dude, I'm holding. Don't, don't, don't touch don't, the briefcase. That's for a buddy. That's, don't do, don't it's got, do it's it. It's got one of those things in it. And right as it happens. Boom. Boom. <laughs> just sprays the blue ink pack all over the window. But the rest of it ends up all over. <laughs> and uh, hence blue face. Blue face. And he, he goes over to the, the fish tank. And now he's using the fish tank to clean his face. <laughs> It's just, this is some bullshit. And now Krussel, sorry, Krussel, Krussel, <laughs> Krussel, Krussel. So Krussel, I'm going to call him Krussel. So Krussel stands up and he's just kind of talking to him, leaning against the wall, help him, having the wall hold himself up because he's been getting his ass kicked. Again, by a skinny dude, but he still was kicking him or punching yeah, him. And he's fucking him up anyway. He's mostly mad. I and mean, in all fairness, he did get knocked out. He probably has a concussion. Yes. <laughs> he was hit on the head. He was hit on the head. And broke all this yoo Fucking drop that whole case of yoo Right. Pissed. Not okay. Not okay. Not yeah. doing well. No. He, as he's talking to these these two flunkies, he just distracts them enough and hits the light switch, turns on the TV, and he's uses as a distraction, and he goes and runs into the other room where the safe is to pick up his shotgun and start. So it's blasting. But he hasn't actually hit anybody. No. Because he's still got concussion. <laughs> and because, you know, it was more, it was all kind of on the thing. I mean, I think it was, you know. It was more of like a fucking, we'll see what yeah. happens kind of thing. And, right. and those cats scramble. They they, they kind of got what they came for. He did a nice little, uh, stuntman anyway, did a nice little through the glass. Yeah. Tuck and roll kind totally. of thing. It was good. Yeah. yeah. From here, we go back, we go to the bowling alley. It's a birthday party. All right, the birthday party. Oh, there's a birthday party happening. We're in this crazy bowling alley, Sunset Lanes, which they did a nice job of recreating. I don't ever remember it being that clean. Yeah. And this, mean, is, this is a nice little party they're having for uh, for Gosling's daughter. Yep. And she's all with all of her friends. And <laughs> just, I mean. Holly March. I love how they don't, they don't play up. Uh, they don't play up how the kids are. The, the, kid, the Dude, kids. I love the whole sequence where he's like, shut up, Janet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Gosling. I mean, it's funny because Gosling, the way he interacts with his daughter and just all of her friends, it, it's not like grown up kid. It's like they're they're just like little grown ups too. Right. You, he doesn't he doesn't see them as I'm an adult and you're a child. No. He sees he just sees them. They're all equals. They're all equals, <laughs> for better or worse. For better, yes, exactly. For better <laughs> or worse. While uh, Holly is enjoying all the the, the fun of the bowling party of, of bowling party because bowling was huge in '78. Because it was. Yeah, man, dude. How many times did you go? Bowling? I don't know why they didn't do it at a roller rink because that would make more sense. Uh, I don't know, man. I think I want to say I went to more bowling birthday parties. Really? And more. I went to more. I guess like you would have to be all night skates is what we had. We would go to the roller. We would oh we would roller God. skate on like all night skates they, on like three lock, day weekends and shit. Where they lock, lock you in? Lock yeah. you in? Absolutely. That's safe. Yeah, that's safe. Lock a bunch of horny fourteen year old kids in a fucking roller rink. And, and nobody checked, dude. No one ever frisked me for nobody. anything. I brought many bottles of peppermint schnapps into Roller Town. Because with that 14, man, what else are you going to do? Everything yeah. else, you need, if you're going to get any hard stuff in you, it's got to be flavored. Dude, totally, yeah. Because no nobody's way. drinking Jack Daniels at 14. No. It's like you're going to puke on everybody. <laughs> you could always say, I just had a breath mint. <laughs> That's it. Really? So, so the breath mints causing you to stumble around. <laughs> you shush. Those tic tacs were loaded. Um, so we got Ryan Gosling taking a shit. He's taking a dump, <laughs> reading reading a book. This scene is so good, dude. 
and like, you and he looks down from from his point of view, and you see those shoes, these shoes. And I'm like, that's Russell Crowe shoes, and he knows it's Russell Crowe shoes because he had a real good look at him when he was on his kitchen floor. Yeah, <laughs> right before he got his arm busted, <laughs> he knows what's happening. He knows. He knows. Oh my god! So what's awesome is he has a cast on one arm, and he's still got the cut on his other hand, <laughs> right? He's and a, he's reading a magazine. His pants a, are around his ankles. He's a mess. And I know we kind of explained what kind of a doofus Grind Gosling is, but to add to that, when it was a search for Amelia earlier, he was trying to get some information. Hey, do you, does she use a credit card when she's, right. she's in, you know hitting up this bartender? And he's not going to do her. He'd do him any favors. So when the bar closes, Ryan Gosling was a break into it. And he's doing this great little voiceover thing, you know, and then he wraps his handkerchief around his hand because sometimes you just got to get bloody or something that's not bloody, but sometimes you just got to get dirty. And he goes and punches a hole in the small pane of glass in the door and he cuts his wrist open (laughs) and he's literally dying, bleeding bleeding out. (laughs) And he ends up having to go to the hospital and everything like that. And that's the introduction of the daughter. It really is like Right. right there. But the reason why I'm bringing that up now is because the whole scene in the bathroom is more of that that uh, um, clumsy sort clumsy, of physical uh, comedy. It, it just, it's just something we haven't seen from him before. So the, the two things just really sell it great. And he's just Dude, struggling with keeping the stall door open while he's trying to talk to him at the same time and have the magazine covering up his junk. And it's just... And, he, and he's trying to keep the gun pointed and the door keeps closing in the <laughs> fucking so magazine. Good, and he's dude. like, God. And he's like, turn around. <laughs> he's like, you know, there's a mirror. So Crow turns around. He's like, close now he's eyes. looking at him in the mirror. Do you want me to close my eyes? Close them. Um, so they cut to them sitting down in a booth at the snack bar. Russell Crowe wants to hire Ryan Gosling and his superior private eye skills. Assist in finding Amelia because now, now he's, he's got a real reason to find Amelia because. Well, he's also pissed because these two guys broke into his house and kicked right, the shit out of him. For this girl. And the reason and the reason why they tracked him down and beat up Russell Crowe for is because. He's already interacted with her because he took money from her to go stop these guys from following her, which he assumed was just Ryan Gosling. Right. He, he didn't realize it was more than that. And, and once, these guys know that Gosling is looking for her as well. Right. Well, he's not looking directly for Amelia. He's looking for Misty Mountains. And he's looking for Amelia because she's a person of interest. Yes. As we've heard. By the way, Misty Mountains is the woman that dies in the beginning. The porn Correct. actress. The we porn know. actress. Yeah. Touchstone here. Um, so they're sitting there kind of having a conversation, right? And then the, and then Holly walks up and then she goes, and then she does this, and oh, she goes, I'm and she goes, I'm giving you a rim job. Rim shot. Rim shot. shot. Rim There's a big difference. Big difference. Rim shot. <laughs> and Crow's just looking at them both. Uh-huh. And then you're the guy who beat up my dad. Yeah. Sucker, sucker punched. Sucker punched. Sucker punched me. Yeah. There's a difference. <laughs> So it, it, they're having a great little moment, but they realize that, hey, you know, we need to work together. Right. But they figure out the finances because Russell is hiring him. Right. To do this investigation. For Gosling him. takes 200 a day. 200 a day. Just he, like Jim Rockford. He goes, I need three days advance. He's like, I only got 400. And I'm like, well, then I'm going to give you two days worth of work. And if I find her, if I find her, find her sooner, I'm going to keep it all. He's like, okay, deal. Good. Because I know right, I know right where she is. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he in the head and they head off to this goofy fucking anti-pollution protest right outside like a U- city hall or is something it USC, is it USC is it supposed to be the USC campus maybe. I thought it was a college campus but maybe not it doesn't matter I mean it's on either the, on the medium shots I kept thinking I'm like is that on 
what lot is that? It's well, like it's not. It's it's somewhere in Atlanta. I know, and just but I mean, like the, the wind, the yes. type of windows, it made me look. It made me think it was something on like an old yeah. school lot. Or whatever, it looked, looked like we were on the Universal backlot a little yeah. bit, or Warner Brothers. Do you have a bunch of anti-pollution protesters just laying around, laying around with steps. gas masks hanging from their faces? They're all dead, and they're trying to find Amelia because this is her group. She, this is a group that she founded, this anti-pollution group, and as it turns out, she's not there. No. But no. who is there? Chester. Chet? Chet. <laughs> Chet? So, hey, which one of you cock and balls wants, wants to make 20, 20 bucks? bucks. <laughs> Dude, and, and then, immediately his arm just goes up. <laughs> it's so good. So uh, off they go, and Chet's in the back seat of their of the convertible, and they're taking him to Amelia, uh, Amelia's boyfriend's house. Dean. 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 Right. Who his house is, but it's, 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 it's They get there and the house is torched. Burnt down. And he goes, oh yeah, that happened a few days ago. Happened about four days ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Amelia, he died. So we find out that Dean, Amelia's boyfriend, who was a filmmaker. Filmmaker. And he, he did experimental film making and all that stuff. Talking about how the lab went up and blah, blah, blah. They had, too, they had too much film stock in the house and it kind of went up in flames. Sketchy. Sketchy. It reminded me a lot of the scene in Lethal Weapon when they go to Trixie's house. Yes. The hooker. Yes. <laughs> and the fucking house blows up. Yeah. <laughs> Again. It's just the aftermath. It's kind of a little nod yeah. to himself. He, Shane's not a... Shane's not... No. He, he's, he does that stuff all the time. Absolutely. They don't find a whole lot. They find out oh. that... Because uh, oh. they kind of get this information from... You know, they start to put the pieces together. And this, this kid rolls up on his bike. <laughs> right? Hey, you, want to make 20 bucks? You want to see my dick? Chet goes, hey, hey, tell him what you want. They're going to give you 20 bucks. Like, I never said I'm going to give him 20 bucks. I already gave you 20 bucks. And he goes. So they didn't pay the kid. He's like. Well, you know, it's weird because here, I don't know if this is true, but somebody told me that the kid on the bike, right, grows up to be Dirk Diggler in Boogie Nights. Is that what someone was suggesting? That's some bullshit. Like, you know, that's... Well, I don't buy it if it's 1977. It doesn't work. I don't know, man. I'm just saying. It that, doesn't work. That, that's what I'm saying. We're, we're here to debunk that. This is like that? a ghost hunter show. We're debunking this right I could have sworn he like lived in Torrance. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying. Nights. We don't know, but I don't remember where they ended up in anyway. But I always thought it was bullshit. I thought that was just somebody making some shit up. Oh, you know, he's got a big dick. He's like Dirk Diggler. He was like, he grew, a kid grew up to be dead. Yeah. Yes. If you want, sure, man. That's the me? thing about film. It's beautiful. It's open to interpretation. You want As to see leaving. No. <laughs> want to see my dick? <laughs> so stupid and it's so funny. It's, it's the best. It's really funny. And Gosling is so fucking put out by it. It's, yeah. It, you know, no. You know what that kid reminded me of was the kids in Bad News Bears, the original Bad News yeah, Bears. absolutely. Tanner. Hey, I'm going to give you an R rating. Do what you want to do. And that's what he would say. That's, totally. what, that's what a Bad News Bear kid would say in an R-rated movie. Absolutely. Tanner. Tanner. <laughs> See my dick. See my dick? No. Uh, Buttermaker. Yeah, right? <laughs> See my dick's Buttermaker. Right? Yeah, Gosling's kind of Buttermaker-ish. A little bit. A little bit. Well, this, he's lushy. Right? So, look. So, now what they've put together is that they were making an experimental film. Some guy named Sid Hatrack. The porn guy? The porn guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait a second. Wait. That's Sid Shattuck. Oh. Well, guess what? Guess I think there's a party at there Sid's house. Be. There's a party. Because there's one thing Shane Black loves to put in movies is parties. Yes. And this this is a party. This is This is a party. This is a party. We've moved on from all that. And we got Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. They are a, 
cohesive team now. Yeah, they're they're kind of reluctant partners, just like every other Shane Black. <laughs> yeah, thing. man, we might not like each other, but we need each other. <laughs> they don't say it, thank God, but that's where we're going with it. Right. Okay, I point out something fun. I know we're gonna cover cover Lethal Weapon again in some um, someday, but Lethal Weapon is the reason why I started writing, and I must have read Shane's script probably. 15, 20 times because it's, I mean, it is exactly what a great script is, but also exactly what you don't want to do because you're going to go, all oh, you're trying to be Shane Black because he talks to the audience a lot in the script and, and his action lines. But it's nothing I'd noticed until 10, 12 times after I read it where I realized that the initials of the two lead characters are reversed. It's Roger Murtaugh and Martin, Martin Riggs. Riggs. Yeah, there you go. MR and, and RM. They're, and they're opposites. See that? Yeah, man. Something so like I outlined it and I just put those little notes on there, kind of like, hey, they're opposite of each other, flip the letters. And then like, again, but I blew some minds probably about five years ago when I said that on Twitter. Like, what? I never thought about that. And I'm like, I know. But it's, again, a movie that's how old? Right. <laughs> it keeps on giving. This movie's probably going to do a lot of the same because it just, this is where he excels. And putting two unlikely characters together and them them just being perfect together yeah absolutely so they go to this party right yeah. so right they're going to infiltrate this party up yeah. in the hills and just before they they get to the place and it's got valet and they're about to hop out well we're sending first of all we got to send holly off to janet's house because you said holly damn it you go to you go to holly holly you go to janet's house you're gonna you're gonna stay with janet and oh, dad, shut up just go and get to the party and go in a valet and hear thumping in the trunk. There's a <laughs> the valet the and everybody, they're all looking at the car. Open the trunk and Ryan looks down at his daughter. And there's Holly. I can help. I said, I'm already here. Just let me go in with you. And he closes it and he goes to give the keys to the valet. He's like, I can't take your car like that. Dude, I can't take your car like that. And he cut to... <laughs> Ryan Gosling putting her in the taxi and sending Holly on her way home. And in they go. And into the party they and go. Dude, they're walking by. Like, there's so much crazy. Earth, Wind, and Fire is playing at this party. Yeah. There's chicks walking, porn chicks, walking it, around talking about blowing people. Right. <laughs> and if you've seen the party scene at the beginning of Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang. Yeah. Or if you've ever been to a Shane Black party, I'm you've been sure to any this is party. what it's just like. This is that, but even more decadent than what Because it's 1977. It's there's nude people that are painted that are standing as statues. There's mermaids swimming in a pool in the wall. <laughs> it's it's behind like, the bar. It's wild. There's lots of real surreal moments too in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. You know, like like is this where yes is this is dreamy? Is what's what's going on here? Is he still on his drugs from when he got his finger cut off? I don't know what's going on. And now he's drinking. He's just pounding so, drinks as he's looking so, for clues. So now Ryan Gosling is on the job and he's got free booze everywhere. It's literally the worst thing you can ever happen to you for an alcoholic PI. Functioning alcoholic PI. So that they split up like you're not supposed to do in most movies, but they split up to do their own investigation. Right. Russell goes one way. And Ryan goes the other way, and one goes off drinking, and one actually goes to do his job. <laughs> right. And as Russell's kind of asking questions, he's getting more information. He casually looks across the room, and there's Holly. Yeah, man. Sitting on Chatting a couch. Up porn stars. And she goes, what the fuck? <laughs> so, so, he, so Russell goes in there, and I'm like, what are you doing here? Like, hey, 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 you, you shouldn't be letting, this is this big, very large man. I right. don't mean like big as in like muscly. I mean big as in like popcorn yeah. eating. It's big. Soda drinking. 
big guy. He's like, I'm not showing her the porn. She is. I'm not showing him. I'm in it. And this, I don't know the actress's name, but she's high as fuck. Yeah, totally. She's gone. Your father wants you to go home. And he basically, he basically just He takes of, over the father role. Yeah, for for a moment. And then he just tells her to go home. He doesn't do anything more no. with it. And he's he like, why should he? Well, right. He's done his, you know, look, he's got his code of ethics. He told her to go home. Yeah. And the, while this is all going on, Gosling is watching mermaids swim. He's jumping in the pool. And going after the mermaids. Going after the mermaids. Because I'm not 100% sure. He's not just drunk. I think he, somebody might have dropped something. I think, yeah, somebody dropped a, a loot or something. Roofied his ass. Yeah. So he's gone. He's gone. So he's useless while Russell's doing all the real work. And he ends up going to the office of, what the fuck's his name? Satterak? Yeah. Sid Shattuck? Sid. What the Sid fuck Shattuck? Is Sid? You said Saul, but yes, I know. whatever. Saul, Saul, Sid. Sid Shattuck. <laughs> Goes into his office and finds, you know, a whole bunch of production. Yeah, there's a bunch of, there's some bags, there's some stuff. It's bagged up. Like, it's like, a, it's like they wrapped a show and like, here's yeah. the shit from the show. They just kind of shoved everything in catalog that room everything. because they're going to have a party. You got reshoots. Yeah. <laughs> For the reshoots. Reshoots. <laughs> oh, hey, big boy, you like my car. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Russell grabs a, a fresh from the dry cleaner wardrobe, and it's this pin, black pinstripe jacket, and it has Misty's name on it. Right. I'm like, oh, that must have been her thing. It's been a oh, wardrobe okay. in the movie. Yeah, and as we discover later on, it's some foreshadowing yeah, going on here with totally. this very specific piece of apparel. So you, can, you don't, they don't focus on it too long. They're they're make a meal of it. No, not at all. Move on. And we go, we cut back up to Gosling. He's now just fucking shit faced, <laughs> and he's hitting on a he's hitting on porn a, actress. It's a porn actress dressed up like a Native American chief, right? And he says, yeah. "How?" He's like, "I'm a cowboy. <laughs> I'm a cowboy. Who are you supposed to be?" She's like, "Pocahontas." <laughs> Pocahontas. Shoot me. What? Shoot me. Gosling's pretending, you know, to get shot as he's trying to finger him. finger guns, <laughs> finger gunning him. One more passing of the fake guns being used and Gosling taking shots, and he's over the wall Dude, off the balcony. The it's so ridiculous. <laughs> falls off the balcony, and she like looks over, and he's halfway down the hill, rolling, rolling and yelling. Oops! <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 thank God he was drunk, or he might have been hurt. Right? <laughs> he gets to the bottom. He's like hold on to his side and his ribs a little bit. He's like, Ugh. and he looks over. He rolls. He's like literally he's, rolled onto it. He looks over and he sees Amelia and she like runs away. And he's like, he's like, no, it's okay. It's okay. I'm just looking for my gun. And she bolts off. Yeah. She's gone. And he's kind of sitting there. He finds his gun. He puts it in his holster. And he kind of leans back against leans back against his tree. And he looks over and there is Sid who we've never seen before. Right. But we discover later on that Sid just a matter of moments. Yeah. And his face is right. Gone. Right side of his face is blown just off. all blown off. He's just, he's a mess. And Gosling, again, just like That's earlier, strange. he goes Abbott and Costello. Yeah, on him. absolutely. <laughs> it just, it's so funny because just like with Abbott and Costello, anytime Costello would ever do something like that, he was never, you know, Abbott was never around to right. hear. He was never close enough because he just, he's freaked out. So he has this Abbott and Costello moment and he looks up and he's yelling at Russell Crowe who's hanging over the balcony. How'd you get down there? He's like, just come down here and he finally gets down there and he sees him and they definitely check his wallet oh my gosh this is Sid Sid Shattuck holy shit what are we gonna do oh my god 
So they start making their way back up to the house. When we cut to Holly and somebody approaches Holly, I'm like, are you looking for Amelia? I know where she's at. And they take her to this limo. Or she says she's Amelia's sister. Right. Amelia's my sister. Take her to this limo and close the door. And it's Blueface. And the older guy. Yeah. Blueface and older man. Who an older man? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wait, are they together right there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you sure? Well, they end up there. No, I thought older man was already in the party. Well, he is in the party. Yeah, and that's when that. There's somebody else in the limo we don't see. A driver of some sort. Right. So, it's Holly says something to the to Blueface, and the, she tries to make a run for it. Doors open. She falls down right. at the car and says, Emilio, run. Emilio, run! And she goes and takes off. And Blueface chases after and her. And Blueface chases after in the limo. And all this, all the time this is going on, Healy is fighting with the older dude. And Gosling sees what's going on with Amelia, and then Blueface chases after him. So he jumps into a valet, <laughs> valet Trans Am. Yep. And chases after them. Valet Red Trans Am. And while that chase is happening, Russell Crowe's having his brawl with the old man, and they're going and going at it. And it finally, great fight sequence, too. Props to the stunt, stunt guys. On yeah, that. man. Really good one. Well choreographed fight sequence. I mean, it's hard these days to make a, a just a simple fight scene like that entertaining. Yep. But it works really well. And there's a nice little capper to the end of that scene, which is something I hadn't seen before. Which oh, has, yeah. Which really helps it all out. And he basically tells him, I don't want to see your face again. Don't worry about it. I'll be in Michigan. I'm going to shoot you in the dick. Shoot you what he says. Yeah. If I see you again, I'm going to shoot, gonna you, shoot you, in the you in the dick. dick. <laughs> where, right, you, I'm good. Like, where are you going to be? And I'm going to be in Michigan. All right. <laughs> Out you go. Out. Outie, dude. We cut away from Russell and his fight, and we're catching up with him with the car chase. Right. And <laughs> just like everything else that Ryan Gosling's character does in this movie. Yeah. He comes flying around the corner, loses control of the vehicle, and then crashes into a tree stump. <laughs> yeah. Totally. It's so ridiculous, dude. It's just like, it, 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 I laugh every time I've seen it because it's just so absurd. Because he, first he kind of loses control and then there's a little extra freak out that he has that actually drives him into the tree. He was yeah. fine. For he was second. totally fine, but he fucking spazzed. Yeah. He totally spazzed. It's the tree. He hits the tree. Uh, and he's trying to, while he's trying to get the car started back up. Um, he, everybody's running downhill. Well, running downhill. And then Russell's trying to chase an after Blueface, who's chasing after Amelia, Amelia and, and Holly. Holly. Right. And then they get down to the next level of the road. And he's got the two girls. Oh, Blueface has got the two girls covered. Yep. And they're. You think they're had. And then they're had. And they try to warn him about something. And, he, and he's just kind of like, whatever, you little brats. Bitches. Yeah. <laughs> And right then he turned around at the last moment and he gets hit dude, by a van. And he gets, and he, dude, I tell you, there is nothing about this hit that feels fake. Nope. Dude, they so did such gnarly. a great job comping because it's not a it's not a CG dummy. No, it's not a physical dummy. They just did a great job of comping in a real stunt along with the fake body getting oh, hit. Yeah. It was really so well done. I mean, there was no, I hadn't seen. We've seen thousands of car hits like that before. But nothing like this. This is just, it's brutal. And you just feel like, oh, man. So he's laid out and he's bleeding. And this is where we find out about something about Holly. Right. She is empathetic as anybody can be. Even though this dude's chasing both of them and trying to kill both of them. She goes, I can't leave him. I right. can't leave him. Just, he's hurt. He needs help. He needs an ambulance. And Amelia goes, fuck you. And <laughs> Right. She just runs she off. Goes, I'm Gone. out. I'm out. 
And but Holly kneels down and he, she's holding his hand. Yep. And it says so much about her character too. And then again, something that's synonymous with Shane Black, all the kids are always better, so much better than their, their adult counterparts. Yeah, for always. sure, man. Uh, I mean, you know, one of the things I don't want to touch on it too, but dude, the the, the actress is fantastic that plays Holly. Yes. I mean, she's she kind of oh, she almost steals she kind of steals almost every scene she's actually in. Yeah. Uh so but not to digress. But so Blueface you know, now Jackson shows up on the scene right. and Holly's like, we need to get in. And he's like, Holly, go for the ambulance. Yeah. Take Good. care of him. Yeah. And then there's this weird little interchange between Blueface and Jackson. And Blueface is giving him business. Talking shit. He's just talking shit. He's dying. The same asshole that raided his apartment is still giving it to him, even though he's dying. And he tells him, don't worry about it. You're going to get yours. Do you ever hear of John Boy? Hear of John Boy. <laughs> John Boy's on his way here right now. And he's going to fuck you both up. He's going to kill that Private eye, that private cop is what he yeah. call that private cop and his little daughter. Yeah, gonna kill that private cop and his entire family, and, which is just Hollywood. And Jackson is just like, oh yeah, hold yeah. my beer, hold my beer. <laughs> and, and you know, dude, and he fast forwards to the, uh, the expiration of Blueface's yeah, I mean, life. Dude, he just fucking crushes his windpipe. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> I mean, he literally just like fuck you, dude, and he just chokes the life out of him. Then I have a big hand. Watch me crush your larynx. I'm saying that's a, that's a larynx crushing hand if I've ever seen one. Uh, right? So, like, uh, you know, now Holly comes back. with There's nobody around. He didn't make it. And she's like, oh, she looks over and he's fucking dead. She yeah. looks at Jackson and he's like, she buys it. Because she. she if she uh, didn't buy it, dude, there's no way that she could go on with. Wait, and we come back to that whole scenario later. Again, it expands on. This is more of an expansion on the relationship between, between Jackson and. Yep. And Holly. So well, all this nonsense has happened, and uh, don't we meet Judith Cutner at this point? After all this has happened, we uh, kind of now we get dead. Sh- Everybody who's involved in this experimental film: Amelia's boyfriend, uh, Misty Mountains, Shattuck. They're all dead now. Out of nowhere, we meet Kim Basinger playing Judith Cutner and uh, her assistant Tally. We cut to these guys sitting in. They're sitting in an office and they're being berated by Kim Basinger. Right. You- Two idiots know what you've done. And there's, you know. Which is in classic Shane Black. Uh, like I said before, the kids are always super, super intelligent and much better. Yeah. People, much better people than the adults in Shane Black movies. Yep. Women are always, always stronger characters. They're always more assertive. They're, they own every scene that they're in. Right. Watch anything that Shane Black's done. The woman is always the more assertive one, the one in control of a situation. And no surprise considering Kim Basinger's character is somebody that's very much in control right. in in the world. Yeah, she works for the Justice Department. A high-ranking official. And what she's like. telling us now is that... Uh, Amelia's you know, a wacko. You know, Amelia's crazy. She's my daughter. And this is very Raymond Chandler. Yeah. Right? This is all Chandler land. Yeah. Uh, it, she's my daughter. She's crazy as shit. Um, you know, I think that I'd like to hire you two guys <laughs> to find her. So everybody wants Amelia, dude. Everybody is paying them to find Amelia. So now it's really weird, but we're accepting of the fact that this is a mother and she's worried about her daughter's right. safety. In the classic bait and switch uh, kind of vibe. Right. Because no? it's a Shane Black movie. The Shane Black movie. Shane Black movies are never, at, you can never take a Shane Black movie at face value, even right. until the last frame. Correct. And so she hires them to look after her daughter, to track her down, more or less protect her from the thugs we've seen chasing right. her down. Blue face and older Blueface. guy. We have one. And we, the, we, we don't know who, we haven't seen John Boy, but we know he's coming. We know. And that's the thing. All we know about is John Boy. 
Right. Because old man's supposed to go back to Michigan yep. and Blueface is dead. Right. So, so the two thugs that we knew about are are not part of the story anymore. Correct. It's just Or are they? We don't know. We don't know. We have to keep watching. We have to keep watching. Yeah. Well, there you go. So <laughs> what so right. So Basinger and now now and then God Gosling again. Drunk, goofy, dumb dumb Gosling. Yes. He gets immediately nice boy, yeah, by the way, we should we should point out too. These guys have been working with hundreds of dollars. You know, yes. Russell Crowe was paying him $400 for two days' right. work. But now, yeah, Mama, Mama, she's about Amelia, to write a Mama check. Amelia, she's got her checkbook out, man. She's going to write a check for 10 grand. 10 grand. And as she's writing it, he goes, We'll oh, do it. We can't, we'll do it for five. Five grand. <laughs> We're thinking five grand. And she tears the check, she up, the check up and writes him one for five grand. Yeah. And sends him on their merry way. Yeah. Because we cut to the next time we see them together. Is sorry, is Holly apologizing to Jackson saying, sorry, we're late. We had to stop at a bar. Right. Because. Yeah, it's the next day. It's the next day. He's, you, you don't see well, the check we cashing do, we going. Do go, we do go back to their house that night, right? And there's that whole explanatory scene where Crow basically, because he wants to, he tells the story about the diner. Yes. Which we should probably talk about because it's right before this. Yeah. <clears throat> so they leave due to this office. Because Tally says, oh, you're the diner guy. Right. Tally says it. Yes. So, be, yeah, so before they leave Judith's office, oh, sorry, Judith's giving him a check for five grand or whatever. And But at one point in that scene, his Judith's assistant says, oh, you're the diner guy to Russell. Right. To Jackson. To Jackson. God, fuck me today. God damn it. <clears throat> so Judith is, you know, Judith paid these guys, but somewhere in that scene, uh, the assistant gives an uh, acknowledgement to, to Jackson, like, oh, you're the diner you're guy. The diner guy. Like, what, what, the, what does that mean? Right. The diner said, guy. They cut to the backyard at, at the... Gosling sitting at on Gosling, the diving board. Sitting on the diving board. Dipping cigarettes pool, into an empty swimming pool. Or the world's largest ashtray. Working his way through a fifth of whatever the hell he was drinking. Yeah, whatever it was. Jackson comes out there and starts talking to him about their case. For one thing, he's like, and he, and he goes, yeah, yeah, whatever. This is where Gosling is sucking a big pity dick. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean, he is. He's, he is. he's sitting there. So, and, and Crow's trying to talk to him about the case, and he's more interested in feeling sorry for himself. And right. Whatever. Yeah, right? So he goes, are you the, she, are you the diner she guy? called you the diner guy. What's what, that all about? I got to hear this. And he starts to tell him, and, he, and then Costing starts moving around the diving board, like, I'm trying to get comfortable. Like, yeah, give it to me. I want to hear this. Cut to a flashback, uh, <laughs> which I think is supposed to be Ben Frank's. Is it? I think so. Okay. I think the, the exterior of the show, and I think it's supposed to be Ben Frank's on Sunset. I, that's, I'll go with that. I'm just going to say it because that's, that's kind of what it looked like. And yeah, I, some dude yeah. comes in there, and he's got a shotgun, and he's robbing the place. Fucking loud. And and, and Russell is just kind of like, dude, in telling of a story, and you're hearing his voiceover, and what's happening on the screen don't necessarily mesh. <laughs> right. Because he's <laughs> kicking the shit out of this dude. Dude, there's one point he knocks the dude down, and he grabs the dude by the shotgun, and he's just pounding him from the back <laughs> of the of the arm bumper, right? He's just, like, smashing the shit out of him. All I was going, I diffuse the situation. <laughs> right? I mean, he's, he's he's explaining it in the most boring way you would ever... He's, he'd be and, like... And you know he's just mutilating this guy's face. Right. We're seeing what's really happening. He's describing his, like, most bland version, which puts Gosling to sleep. Yes. On the diving board. Yes. <laughs> which, in the next day, he... We cut to the next day. Yeah. He's outside eating peanuts. <laughs> he, yeah, again, he's got to think about peanuts, but he only, but then I don't, we don't 
they don't come back. Again, There's no right? payoff, but I mean, it's a There's thing. No it's a character thing. Yeah, but you know, but you know, yeah, exactly. So it might have been Russell's idea. Like, yeah, I want to eat peanuts, Shane. Oh, okay. So is this is this when they show up from the this bank? one. This one they show up from the bank. Yeah, they've cashed the check. So he apologizes for being late. Well, not she. She apologizes for them being late and goes, "Sorry, we had to stop at a bar." Hands Russell his half of the five grand. <laughs> Minus the $400. Minus the $400. Because <laughs> that's the kind of guy he is. Yeah. He's like, whatever. Whatever. Well, they, they have their discussion. They uh, they get a phone call from... Uh, well, they're, they're trying to decipher the um, yeah. the clue yeah, 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 yeah. that he has. And, he, and, so, and Russell thinks it's a flight. Right. Jackson takes that, the this little... Scrap of paper. Scrap of paper that looks remarkably like the one that Amelia gave him. Right. When she hired him to go beat up Ryan Gosling. Little pig, the little pig notepad or whatever. Yeah. He goes, uh, it's like, oh, pink pig. Yeah. No, it's a pink cow. Yeah. Yeah. Pink cow pig. <laughs> Man cow pig? Man cow pig. <laughs> Man cow. Uh, yes. So, so so they're looking at it, the thing kind of going, this is the same piece of paper, the same notepad that Amelia used to write something with. Right. And then like going, oh, this must be Amelia's writing. She must be meeting somebody there. Yeah. It's it looks, this flight. It looks like a flight number, vaguely. So he's not into it. But Gosling's like, I'm not doing that. No, no, no. And it's not a flight. And it, as, Russell's on his way out the door. He goes, it's not a flight. And he stops. And he looks at Holly because Holly can see both of them from where she's standing. It's an address. Did he stop? Okay, right, right, right. Did he stop? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good, dude. Did he stop? Did he stop? Because... It's not address. It's Burbank West Apartments. Apartments West. Burbank Apartments West. But written European. Like the European. The date. The date. It's, like, it's, it's a, a date. date. Like like European. Like European. But in reverse. What the fuck? I know what he meant. <laughs> I did too, dude. It's the worst explanation I've ever heard for that. Yeah. Yeah. And then. And it's great. Kind of like, and he's, he's, and he's lamenting. Because like, it can't be a flight. It's 1030 at night. That they're having this yeah, meeting. There's a there's curfew. There's no fly after 10, right. 10 o'clock for Burbank. Right. So the. I know, I know right where this but place I'm, is. It's a shithole. It's a shithole. We're going there. And they pull up there, and it's a fenced-off, vacant it's lot. It's not... There's nothing there, because right. there's some construction about to happen. <laughs> it's a dude... It's a dude walking his dog and standing in front of the, the empty lot, and he says, hey, we're looking for a Burbank Apartments West. Where the fuck is it? He goes, oh, man, it's right here, but it got knocked down. Like, oh, it's going on two years. <laughs> tore that down two years ago. <laughs> Jackson turns and gives him a look like, you dummy. You idiot. So they cut to them driving down the street. They're goes, racing to Burbank. <laughs> well, he goes, let's go to the airport. Right. So they're driving. He's like going, hey, man, they used to have a curfew. <laughs> and as they're doing it, the, they're Planes flying, the are plane flying, flying over. over. <laughs> and all of a sudden, stop. Dude, and if you've been on Hollywood Way, right? Yes. That, where they're spo- that is one of the scariest fucking things ever. The first time it ever happened to me, I almost fucking crashed my car. Yeah. It's terrifying. It is. It's low. It's real low. <laughs> you see that? I think, is, is it Brazil that has that really low one that yeah, flies yeah, over the yeah, beach yeah. right there? Yeah, yeah, It's not that low. No, but it's close. But it's pretty low. It's pretty low. You can, Let's put it this way. Even if you had a relatively decent throwing arm, you could hit a plane oh, yeah. landing with a baseball. Absolutely just throw, could. Just throw it. Yes, you could. That, that's that's too low for yeah, my man. opinion. Mine too. I don't want to be anywhere near that. And if you've ever heard the movie Cripple <laughs> recording... That's that's how low they get, and that's not low from where they're at. No, and yeah. yeah. So as they're driving near the airport, Gosling says stop, and they cut to what they're seeing, and it's this uh, this this hotel. It doesn't exist, right? But it, maybe it did in seventy eight. 
The Burbank sure. Tower Hotel. Sure. Sure, man. It works for the movie. Dude, my dad worked for Lockheed in Burbank. I don't remember that place. I don't remember whatever. it ever being anywhere near there either. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm going to give him the I'm giving the movie benefit of the right. doubt. Right. Because let's be fair here. We don't know that graffiti that's on the back of the broken Hollywood sign is real. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. For sure. Sorry. Could be. No. Anyway, so they they run into the hotel. Now they're in the they're at the hotel and they, they, go, they run they up go, to the bar. They go to the bar and, and they're trying to get a little information from this dude and said, "Hey, I'm looking, looking for, this, for this girl. I'm for this girl, have you seen her?" He's like, "Oh man, I just work here." He's like, "I know. That's why I'm asking you. Have you seen this girl?" <laughs> I love how Gosley fucking literally has no filter, right? For people's bullshit, and he's like, "Yeah, I know. Fucking, I know. That's why I'm asking you." Because just tell me where she's at, or he's and he'll no, and he'll stop, and he'll stop. Stop what? And then <laughs> he just grabs him by the by the collar, no, by the necktie. The he grabs him by the tie and just slams and his yanks face his face into the bar, which is the is such a classic move. It is it's pretty great. And then he's like, "Oh God damn!" The, the bartender's great too. That that guy's funny. Yeah. As soon as he as his soon reaction. <laughs> As when they were first approaching the bar door, I was already laughing like because I knew it was coming. And he's so I don't know the cat's name, but he's so funny. But once they kind of get their information, yeah, whatever. They make a reference to that somebody else was looking forward to. Your friend, John? Yeah. You know, he's got a yeah. clean cut guy with a mole on his face. Yeah. So they go in the elevator. Do they even, do they go that far and say that stuff to him? Yeah, yeah. He says, your friend, and they, they have the, and he's like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, but, the, but I don't think they make a reference to him being John Boy. No, he says, I think he says. You don't see the John Boy thing until they get to the house. But I right? think he says your friend, John. Yeah, or something like that. So they get in the elevator, they're going up. And as soon as the elevator doors open up, you hear this guy like choking. <laughs> choking on blood. And they, and they lean over and they look and he's, they're still in the car, but they're just leaning out enough to look. And this guy's like choking because he's had his throat slit. And they look to the right because they hear more commotion. There's a guy get it's punched back into the view of the camera. All of a sudden, ping, ping, ping. And he gets three shots in and they're like, and they, <laughs> and they lean back and start aggressively slamming the slamming the, the, the close the button, close the button doors. Like, like they're playing asteroids or something, right? Right. The glass elevator starts going down, and I'll see your and they look, and then the dude that just got shot goes out the window. It's another beautiful. It's it's just it's exactly like the Misty Mountain shot from the beginning. Yep. It's oh, it's so funny, and and they're like, let's get the fuck out of here. So they hop in the car and he starts to take off. And then there's well, they, there's cops the coming. Cops everywhere. So they immediately turn and go down this alley behind the and hotel. They're, and, they, and they're kind of sitting there. Kind of they think they've little, lost yeah. Amelia. They're like, where the fuck is Amelia? All of a sudden, boom. Bare feet. And then she like, <laughs> now she's standing on their hood and she looks and sees both of them. And she and she, pulls, <laughs> she pulls out a revolver <laughs> that's way too big for her. And she and just freaks out and pulls the trigger. And the blowback knocks her on her ass yeah, totally. and knocks her out. Right. <laughs> so they pick her up and put her in the car and take her back to Gosling's. Yes. So now they're back at Gosling's. She's in bed, all cute and laying there in her little yellow dress. And and walk the three of them. She obviously Amelia's being carried. She's still knocked out. And Holly's there with her friend Janet. Yeah. And like, hey, you were supposed to be here. Well, yeah, yeah, my sister. My sister had to go. Your sister's such a slut, dude. I love this. This is a throwaway line from Gosling. Yeah, because your sister's such a slut. I know. I know. It's like (laughs) again, it's like he just talks to them like they're adults, and that's that's what's great about this. So they put her down on the bing, Amelia down on, onto Holly's bed just to kind of uh, whatever. And she kind of starts coming out of it and trying to get some information out of her. And we find out that according to Amelia, that her mom is in as clean cut and is concerned for her well-being right. as 
her mom wants them to think. No, my mom's behind this. My mom's one of them. Right. My mom is the one who hired all these these guys to kill me. Yeah. And what we find here is that they were making a porn film, <laughs> but it was also investigative journalism it at was. its finest. Experimental thing. So they, they were hired by Sid to yep. make this experimental movie. Right. And, and this is the one that involved Misty Mountains. It involved Amelia, who apparently shot a scene and her and boyfriend. Her boyfriend. And, and and Chet and Chet, who was the projectionalist, well, but the projectionalist, uh, but Chet was involved. And there's a plot, a subplot, where Amelia. Th- this whole film was made to screen at the the, the LA Auto Show to kind of to expose big to, big kind of like maybe a big yeah, the to, big to, to expose the big three. Yeah, because the, the smog, because the birds because smog, because the, the birds can't breathe. The birds can't breathe. Yeah, or the bees either. Man. So basically the whole ploy was not to make me so much blackmail as it was to just showcase what's going on, how this is hurting everybody. Right. So now it's kind of like coming together like, wait, so old man says he's going back to Michigan. Back to, he's going back to Michigan, back to Detroit. Back to Detroit. So right. So kind of like, wait a second here. Wait a minute. Maybe this is, wait, and just like everything Shane Black does, all those little sub stories going on, subplots going Start on. Start to fall in line. Oh, it's not subplots. It's all the same It's all shit. the same plot. Yeah, absolutely. And then this is where Gosling's like, hang on a second. I, I got to go make a phone call. Because <laughs> all he could think about is banging Tally at this moment. Yeah. So he calls her up and says, Tally's like going, hey, I, I need you guys to do something. Right. Oh, we found him. You I got this her? I get this call from Judith and she says, I need $100,000 in a briefcase. I think something weird's going on. Something bad's happening. Right. And he goes, yeah, Amelia said something about it too. He what? Should, you found Amelia? You Amelia? Yeah, she's with us here. Oh, well, look, let me send over the doctor. Yeah, I'll send the doctor. That's to the family, the family doctor. doctor. The family doctor over. Wow. All right, so just be, yeah. just, just come here. And if you, I feel much better. If you guys take if, the money. If, if you take this deliver. money and deliver the money. So she shows both uh, Jackson. Russell, both Jackson. And he leaves Amelia with, the, with Holly and Janet. Yeah. Just, I mean, come on, what's going to happen? Yeah, three girls right. in a fucking nice modern house up in the hills. Right, no big deal. Nothing. So they go to go meet with... Sharon Tate. <laughs> Damn, dude. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Hey, so, in, hey, in, some, in some worlds, nothing happens to her. That's correct. Like, just like nothing might happen to these girls. So they are on their way back to Judah's office to meet Tally. And Tally comes down with the briefcase and... And she's surprised to see both of them because she thought just Ryan was coming. Right. She thought it was I, just, yeah, you know, he just you know. March was coming. Yeah. So she'll, she'll, she's like, okay, like, hey, thanks for this. Thanks well, for and this. Well, he's, and he's like, well, yeah, he, he had to come along. He tagged along because Gosling thinks that she's got the hots for him because yeah. he's, yeah. he's a dope. Because he's is, a, yeah. God bless him. Yeah. So he's super tired too. He's he's mentioned this more than once how tired he is. Well, he's on medication for a broken arm. He's yeah, good. He's, he's, he's drinking almost, all the time. He's probably he's probably still like not pumped back all the blood that he right. lost in the beginning of the movie. He's filtered with alcohol. And somebody dosed him. He's a fucking disaster yeah. right now. So the, the two of them hop in the car, and Russell, Russell's just kind of along for the ride, and they're driving along and trying to go to the drop point, and he, so. He, so Russell just tells him at one point, he goes, just let go of the wheel. Let go of the wheel. The car he goes, what? He goes, oh, cars do this, man. Just let go of the wheel. It'll it'll drive, drive itself. itself. Oh. Whoa. Yeah, they can all do that. 
just go ahead and lean back too while you're at it. And he looks in the bed. There's a bee. And then there's a bee. And the bee's, I don't know, who voices the bee, by the way? <laughs> the bee is like full size, it's, man. It sounds like he's just in the back seat, just giving him shit. Now, in 1977, there was a massive scare going on for a long time about Brazilian killer bees. Right. It, it was so bad that in the uh, movie that you may or may not have heard of called Swarm was derived from that whole threat. And you see, uh, you see this. Uh, article in the newspaper that Ryan's reading in the beginning. So he's got these killer bees on his mind. Again, we were realizing really quick that the fact that there's a giant bee in the backseat that's talking to both of them. But we're realizing like, all right, dude, he's either seriously messed up and he's dreaming or he's dream driving. And as it turns out, <laughs> he's dream driving. And Russell startles him out of sleep, and they crash into a whole bunch of water barrels. Were they using a lot of water barrels back in '77? I don't think. I they don't were. know, man. I thought they were sand, probably at that. No, they. I think it was water, wasn't it? Was it, it water? Because it goes all over the place, doesn't no, it? No, it was water in the movie, but I think it was like. No, no, I, but yeah, but I'm saying I don't think they were doing the water thing yet. No, I. But I mean, I'm sure they just had to have it for the stunt to stop the to make so, it all safe. So when they crash, the briefcase blows, explodes, and get it. All the money goes flying up in the air, and since the car's all wet now, things are sticking to the car and to the windshield, and we discover... There's coupon. There's newspaper. They're just nicely cut pieces of paper. No money. No money. And How did that happen? And March goes, what the fuck? Tally told me she packed this herself. Uh, yeah. I love movies like this. That even though they, they, they don't tell the audience anything they don't need to know. And even for a dope like March, yep. we're not finding out either. But you don't feel insulted that they were no, holding it back. Not at all. Yeah. I dude, I'm this is a I, I am happy to learn everything that's happening in this movie with March yes. and uh Jackson. You never feel like you're being talked down to in Shane nope. Black movies and you never feel like you're always surprised by something. You don't you you don't feel like you're being spoon fed everything. It was a diversion to get them out of the house. And they, go, and they went, oh, shit, Amelia and Holly. They go racing back yep. to the house. And between them racing back to the house, we're seeing what's going on in the house. And John Boy shows up knocking at the door. Well, they try to call, but Janet's on the phone. Yeah, he tried calling. Janet's so getting a busy signal back before call waiting and really, really back before cell phones. Cell phones. Yeah. Nobody can get through. So they, they're racing over there trying to get to her. And John Boy shows up in full guise as being the family, family doctor. doctor. They get in there and immediately Holly is. Well, she's suspicious, but there's well, also the phone call. Janet oh, is Janet, on the phone. Yeah, Janet's still on randomly the phone. Randomly just talking about the Waltons. Talking about the, Walton, <laughs> talking about the Waltons and John Boy and the thing with the hockey puck on his face. What's the actor's name that plays John Boy? The one, the, the character with the hockey puck on his face? All and, the while we have, we're on... We're on the left side. God damn it. Help me. Matt Bomer. So when Janet's on the phone talking to whoever sister, she's talking to, it's like it's her sister. Oh. Yeah. What's the name of that guy in the Waltons that plays John Boy with the hockey puck on his face? All the while, we're seeing Holly looking at her and, you know, looking, and she's in the background looking at her. And in the foreground, just to blur it out a little bit, is Matt Bomer playing who we will soon discover is John boy, but it's so subtle, but you could see the mole on his left cheek. They don't focus on it nope. or anything. 
until one or two shots later, and you're like, oh, oh God, that's it's him. fucking John Boy. And, but she picks up on it pretty quick. Holly, oh, yeah. Holly's, Holly's already super sensitive to him. And she goes, Doctor, would you like a cookie? And I just made him. And then Janet's like, that was none left. No, there is a couple. <laughs> no, there's a couple. Shut up, Janet. And we got a little, and we got foreshadowing. We didn't know there was foreshadowing. Right. Early on when Gosling when, went into when, the cookie jar. When Gosling grabbed the gun to protect himself from, from Russell Crowe in the yeah. beginning. That's where he got his gun from, the cookie jar. So she goes over there and pulls out the gun and he points it at John Boy and says, oh, I forget what she says to him, but basically she's on him. She knows who he is. And then right away he's like, oh, Holly. Holly. Damn. And then he says, Janet, help me kill Holly. Yeah, I'll let you live. He pulls out a straight razor. I'm like, dude. It's about to get real fucked up nice in here. Little, I like the little dress to kill homage there with the with the knife. Because, I mean, how many times have you seen a straight razor in a movie? Right? Yeah. Uh, well, that and Reservoir Dogs. Oh, yeah. And we never see the, unfortunately with this one, we don't get to see the knife be used. Cause no, it's fine, though. We don't need it. We It, it, it was more for, like. Shock value. Just yep. the thought of what it would do to those girls. It was yep. pretty horrible. Yep. Oh, dude, this is where Janet gets up and freaks out and tries. And dude, John Boy grabs her and fucking tosses her through that window. Right. As we didn't. We as if the line of dialogue says, "Hey, Janet, let me help me kill Holly and let you live." Wasn't telling enough. The threat of what was coming from Blueface's warning. No, he grabs his girl. And just tosses her right out the front window. Dude, like through the glass. I mean, literally like fucking one move. Just grab right out the out the window you go. I'm disposing of you. I'm like, oh, this dude's serious. And she lands on the sidewalk right as Jackson and uh, March pull up. That's what they see. They, they see from the outside her crash. No, no, I think the, yeah. Well, they, they see her crash through the window from the outside. It's a great cut because we're seeing it almost, it, it's almost like we see it from both POVs at the exact same time. Yeah. And then they're kind of sitting there in the car and then Bomer comes walking around the corner. He's going to the trunk of his car. He's like, Hey man, did you just hear something? Did you hear gunshots? Yeah, that was me. And he goes, Oh yeah, oh yeah, that was just me killing somebody. And he opens the trunk and he pulls out a machine gun to start spraying. Lighting up the neighborhood. And so they go they go running up to the house to try to hide behind everything behind pillars wherever they can hide and they're just getting sprayed and they're returning fire as much as they can and they're trying to make their way inside the house to protect the girls he because they don't know at this point that he's even been in the house right because only thing they've only seen him but outside they do find that. Janet lying on the sidewalk <laughs> with a broken window see I blame Janet's sister yeah for having the boy over yeah Cause exactly because they all would have been still over Janet's house yeah well, Amelia may have been there by herself. No, uh, maybe no, because uh, I'm sure somebody would have stayed yeah. if Holly hadn't have been there. See, then oh, it's a different Janet. movie. Yeah, man. But totally. that's not how she It's called it. Janet's Sister. <laughs> that's the Janet's sequel. Sister, the sequel to Nice Guys. Janet's Sister, the slut. She is. Right? So now we're back in the house, and uh, they're, still, they're still shooting. I mean, he's just tearing the house up, dude. He's cutting, dude. He shoots. He, he shoots. He cuts down the palm tree. Yeah. Falls on the house. He's so like this dude's so deft with with weapons that even while he's spraying with his left with his machine gun with his left hand, he reaches down, grabs a Beretta from the trunk of his car, yep. and starts shooting with the other hand. Like I can't tell, recall last time I saw anybody with a handgun in one hand and a machine gun in the other actively. 
right? I mean, other than a video game. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and this is where Crow and right, and Crow is drawing the fire, and he's you know, he's 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 drawing fire while Gosling runs the girls and he hides them in the closet. Right, the three of them. And it seems like the gunfire is not going to stop. No, and Amelia's just no, like man. you know what? I've been on the run. It's been it's worked for me so far. I've, I'm still alive. I'm out, piecing out. And she out the window. She goes yep. and and eventually bomber gets chased off. Right, and they're like, oh, whew, thank God. And they go and then Ryan goes and to check on the girls. Right, and we see him. Where's Amelia? Oh, she's gone. She, she's dead. She's dead out the window. Ah. Yeah. And we we cut to her running down the street. Car passes by her, and she flags it down. And she opens the door and gets shot in the face, dude. I was like, what the? I remember seeing it, and I was like, what the fuck? Just because Bomber sees her run out, and he goes, oh. But I didn't even make the connection the first time I saw. It. I literally, I was like, there's no, there's no way they're, and they fucking killed her. I was like, what? Because well, yeah, fuck? Well, and I, I forget that it happens there, but Bomber sees her run out, and he just kind of goes, oh, because she doesn't know what he looks like, but she, she doesn't know, know what, what she looks like. Yeah, exactly. And he just kind of goes, oh, and he goes, I need some help, and it's like. And they just pull wide and just like Zodiac. Yep. Down she goes. And he just drives off because we already know how methodical he is about stuff. Yeah. He's not he wasting just, time. He doesn't nope. need to take her anyway. He just killed her. Nope. That's what I'm, that's what I'm doing. That's one of the things about this whole, this movie in general is every, all these deaths, they're super shockingly violent and super shockingly quick. They don't draw it out. Right. Blue face. When he gets hit by that van. If it wasn't for the nudity in the language, it, this movie doesn't get an R rating for the violence. It's not gory. It's not that bloody. Mm, we got a little bit of gore coming up. We do? Yep. Remind me. When we when we meet up with old man again? Uh, I guess so. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah it gets, there it that, is. That will get it, you it, an R every time. Clicked. That it one clicked. piece. So, okay. So hey, like, come on. It's all, but it's super far away. <laughs> Sure it is. Still on the roof. (laughs) The camera is. Um, So yeah. So uh, she's dead. Amelia's dead. Amelia's dead. So well, they they know what's going on now. They know about. They they suspect that Kim Basinger's in. They know that she's in on it. They know that the film was going to play at the car. They got to find the movie. Right. Where is the movie? But no, they don't know about the. No, no, they don't. She tells him. Amelia has told him. Chet, the projectionist. So they know. They know that the movie is going to play at the car, but they don't know where the movie is. They just know that it was supposed to play at the car show. And I think it's Gosling. They're there, well, Chet. We got to find Chet, the projectionist. Yeah, so they're, they're outside the house. And while they're outside the house is when Misty Mountain's aunt shows up. Right. She just pulls oh, up behind right. him and goes, hey, damn it. Are you Have do- you found Misty? <laughs> are you doing what I'm paying you to do, you stupid son of a bitch? I'm telling you. I saw her across the street. Right. Or, or, no, I saw her when I drove by. I saw her. Take us there. So they go to Misty's house. Right. And they're kind of, and she's still explaining she, to me. I saw her. She was in this pinstripe. And, da, 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 and da, there was da. a desk right here, and she was sitting there behind a desk. And then Jackson says, yeah, yeah I saw a piece of wardrobe at. at uh, pinstripe jacket? Yeah, so I saw that. So then Ryan's like going, oh. And he they, starts fumbling around this tabletop. And he's kind of reaching around like, yeah. what are you doing? All of a sudden, he's Hits a, little, hits a little button, the t- the tabletop splits open. Projector pops up. And the projector pops up. Yes. The projectionalist. We got to find the projectionalist. And then it's starting it's starting to hit them like, all right, so you did see your aunt. I mean, You sorry, did see you Misty. You did see your, your niece that but night. It's a projection. But you saw this. And just, and so it, she's for dead? The first, for the first time. I felt bad for the old lady, yes, honestly, dude. Really? <laughs> like, oh. For, for the first time. Ever, Ryan Gosling tells it like it is to a client. Yep. And he has no he has no bedside manner. None. Ah, your niece is dead. She's dead. <laughs> I've been taking your money. She's dead. 
<laughs> sad, man. It was sad. So, was so they're like going, moment. so they're like, oh shit. All right, well, we need this. We know we need to find this film. It's got, and they're going to be showing it at the LA, LA Auto Show. They have to find Chet. Let's track him down. He's got to have it. Because yep. Amelia said as much. Right. They get to the hotel and I'll, it's, there's three of them. I mean, They've taken Holly along for the ride. Yep. Because at this point. At this they can't leave Holly by, by way, herself. Well, just, the house is shut. They don't, there's nowhere to leave her. They don't go back to it again, by the way. I think Janet's dead. No, they didn't go back to the house. But do you see Janet later? No, you don't. You, the last time you see her is getting tossed out the window. Nah, she's in the closet with Holly and Amelia. They stuffed her in there. Because Gosling picked her up. They took her back in the house. Really? Yep. I was just assuming she was dead. Nah, they put her in the closet. She wasn't dead. Because you see her at the end of the movie. <laughs> So the three of them, Holly and March and uh, Jackson, show up at the at the LA Auto Show. Yeah, man, this is big, dude. What a great set piece this is. And I and I, by the way, I went online trying to find out, like, I, because to see what the auto show looked like, to it, see if they recreated it. No, I wanted to find out the date because we mentioned before about all of Shane Black's movies take place at Christmas time, and I was trying to verify when this was. The auto show is usually right now because it's going on right this minute in Los Angeles. It is, but but usually. It was late December and carried into January. That's what it used to be. It only changed maybe like eight, nine, ten years ago. So maybe this is a Christmas movie. I couldn't find any kind of information anywhere. But here's the thing. There's no Christmas shit anywhere. No. None. So unless they cut something out, this is the first Shane Black movie that I'm aware of written or directed by him where it's not Christmas. Because I'm pretty sure The Predator is at Christmas time. But again, I fell asleep watching it, so I don't. Sure. But the uh, oh yeah, I think it is though. The um, but I think the but I, my vibe, my feeling is that um, it had to have been in the fall at least, because the, the LA Auto Show, as far as I remember, has never been take never taken place in the summertime. No, no, it's always been it's always been in December. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I'm just gonna say it is because all of his movies yeah. are. So why? But it, say it but is. unlike the, the auto show and how it's done now, it's not at a convention center. They're just at a hotel. There. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, the setup is this: is that we find out that the experimental film that they shot has been spliced in to this presentation video that the car That's makers the, are going to be showing correct. off to all the people who are there to buy cars, right? And this is a time where, from what I can tell, is that this is the auto show, but this is when people are in play at the auto show or rich people. Yeah, man. That's it. People making money. Making money. This is not where it was open to the public, no. where you're paying tickets to go see the new latest cars. Nah, man. It's like an event that this rich is, people get to This is to. a rich people yeah. event. There's a swanky bar. There's, a, there's got, girls in swimming pool. Major, it's another big party. It's yeah. almost like the porn party. Exactly. Except for this is super rich people. Yeah. Who are even filthier than porn stars. So they find out where... Well, at first, the first thing that happens is they're sitting there and uh, don't don't doesn't Holly over here old man talking and he like don't you know it's not polite to eavesdrop well because they split up again because John Boy's talking to him on the two way the two of them have split up again but how the projection did, is but went how, from, did, oh. but how did John Boy find out oh, that no. it was splice because the John, first thing they show because yeah, John Boy got Chet well the first thing they find they show up they find out that Chet went for a drink he went he, to the bar for a he, drink because they went to the, the the three of them went, went to went the, to the room. room Tally's up there she tries to get all badass with him Holly comes in and throws coffee on her Cold coffee. Cold coffee. She says, why do you throw cold coffee? And then she slips and fucking hits her head. Yep. And then they go out to look for Chet. And one of Chet's buddies said, oh, he said. He's in the bar. He's in the bar. Thanks, buddy. Hey, how'd you know my name was Buddy? (laughs) I let Shane have that one. 
Yeah, well, there you come go. on, dude. Come on, I know. How'd you know my name was Buddy? So they so they make their way down there, and in between them getting down there, John Boy finds Chet in the bar, and he says to him, "He's like, hey, uh, you the projectionist." He goes, "Yeah." He's like, "Got a problem with the film? Film everywhere. We need you back in the room." Yeah, something happened. So he takes him, and off they go. When does the where's the David Keith thing happen? Happens right about now because they the guys split up. Healy goes off to look for Chet, right? And Ryan's like, uh, he's he's not going to be distracted by anything. He's focused, and the bartender says, "You want a drink? Two drinks? Two drinks? Like, oh, well, shit! Free <laughs> drinks. They're free drinks. They're free, buddy. Oh, yeah, okay." So while he's doing that, he's sitting at the bar drinking, 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 right? And uh, we don't see Holly, but Holly, older guy, is runs in, is, is like within eavesdropping distance of older guy, and he's on a two way with John Boy. And John Boy's just dispatched Chet. He's actually got some information for him saying, hey, man, that movie is spliced in the presentation. It's spliced into the reel. So he's like, oh, got it. And then he starts to head up to the room. And then that David Keith like stops. He sees Holly. And he sees Holly. And he goes, you know, it's not ice to eavesdrop. So he has pulled out the gun. He's got, now he's got her and. Uh, he walks up to Gosling while he's still at the bar. I got my revolver pointed at her ribs. Uh-oh. I'm going to put a hole there right now. Come with me. And then we cut to Jackson finding poor Chet beaten to death in the he's trash. Not, he's not quite dead yet, He's but he's fucked he's up. He's close. Yeah. He's, he's like, uh, uh, that's, and that's how. That's how Jackson finds out. They find out. It's spliced. It's spliced in there, so they got to get up there. So everybody's racing for the projection room. They get back up there. Taya's like, she's woken up from her. Tally. <laughs> from her concussion. Knocked out. And she's trying to gather stuff up, right? I don't think she knows, right? She doesn't know. No, she doesn't know. She doesn't know that the film's in the. And uh, they get to they get to the room and Keith yeah, David, the three and, of them, uh, the three of them, right? Keith David and uh, Gosling and Holly. Yep. Yeah, old man Holland and Holly. Right. The film starts and it's playing. Film starts. And it's and <laughs> everyone's everyone down at the party turns. Goes, ah, looking at the giant. Golf clap, giant projection screen screen on the side of the building. We see Gil Gerard standing there, silhouetted. Yeah, Gil Gerard, man, that's just still blows me away. Anyway, so they're everyone's all super excited, like, oh, what's this? And up on the roof, yeah, this is where Gosling and older guy are up there. Now they're going for it. Fist, there's a good fist fight. It's a decent fist fight, right? But it's a decent because Gosling really can't fight. I mean, no. March can't fight. No. But he's lucky. He's right. like Domino in Deadpool 2. Right. And kinda, <laughs> Shit just kind of goes his way. And then as older guy starts to go over the side, he grabs on the Holly. Right. And then Gossing grabs grabs a hold of him and pulls his arm away and they both go over while Holly remains Dude. safe on the roof. Right. And they're falling. There's a long fall toward it. And they're like, there's a swimming pool. And Gosling goes in, and oh, old man does not go in. Yeah, and he explodes. On he explodes in his crimson, and the crimson stain on the it, sidewalk. It is such a. I mean, there's like nothing left of him. Like it, from the from that top view, it just looks like it looks like a it looks like a human jelly bean exploded. And it's if, so gnarly. And like someone dropped watch, a jar of jam. And when you watch it, the the even though it's that part of it's kind of CG. You see chunks of it land in the pool. Yeah, it's totally. So gross, even it's though fucking gross. Even though the POV is still from the top of the from yep. the roof of this building. No oh, man, that's right out of like that's like out of stick or like uh, yeah, yeah, that's out of one of those or those one of the, one of those like eighties Burt Reynolds movies. Man, uh, again, pretty much like Rockford. But when that happens, Holly goes back to the projection room and he sees Tally 
in the room. Right. But she doesn't know where the film is. No, she doesn't know. So she goes, hey, you want the film? And Holly tricks her into thinking that the reel, you know, has everything on it. Right. So what they do, they, they fling it out. It's a total MacGuffin for everybody involved. We know that it's spliced into the film. We know the thing is playing is eventually going to get to it. Yep. And what's in that reel, the can that's being thrown out the window is just bullshit. Is so that, it's either no. empty or it's the wrong film. Tally goes sliding out the window to catch it. See ya, Tally. See ya, Tally. That's what you pay back for messing with Ryan's heart. That's right. Tramp. So now that just kicks off a chain reaction. We follow the rolling can. Yes. And through, and now the cops are there, and John Boy is fucking killing. Dude, it's like turning to people running. There's machine gun fire. He's, man, he's not. He's like a one-man army. He is. It's rough, John man. Boy. He's just killing everybody. And, but now Ryan's made his way back out of the pool, too, and yep. he's getting involved he's in down all this. There and he runs into Healy, and he's like, how did you get down here? Did you did you jump? Did you, <laughs> did you fall? <laughs> did you fall? Again, he's fallen. Yes. God, he's fallen right into the midst of things. <laughs> So Gosling runs for cover, jumps behind this car. It's on a it's, it's on, on a, a turn. It's on a lazy Susan, and he he's kind of like just waiting for his moment to stand up and start taking fire. And he starts <laughs> giving fire back anyway. And he and as he stands, he doesn't realize he's on a turntable. And he stands up and he's like, "Where the fuck did he go?" <laughs> yeah, he's and pointed then, the wrong and way. Now he's completely wide open to John Boy, who's not taking shots at him. Oh my gosh, that whole sequence is so hysterical. Oh man, it's it's super like it gets Keystoney cop, but it's it's funny, man. It's real right. fun. I mean, dude, it might as well have Benny Hill music. Yes. And, and before the gunfire starts, we didn't point out this the the porn portion just starts. Just starts. So you've seen a little bit of it was going on. So there's Misty Mountains at yeah. the desk in the blazer. And the reason why we don't need all the BS, we know what's on the video. We know right. what was shot. We know what it was about. Yep. It's just juxtaposition of what's going on. <laughs> uh, so, dude, there's, I mean, it's it's total chaos. And then it's funny. Everybody seems to find a place to hide except for the four parties involved. Correct. Everybody's hidden. But there's a couple of... There's a couple, a couple of other hoods. Yeah, well, those are that, Gil Gerard's dudes. Yeah, who he dispatches to get get that can. So you, that's when you realize that oh man, that's this is definitely this isn't the big three. You're definitely behind is Detroit is behind all of yeah, this. Man, totally, it's pretty crazy. And it, it, so eventually, what happens is Ryan you know, Gosling catches up to. Sorry, well, Healy sorry, sorry. Healy catches up to John Boy. Yeah, and the two of them are going at it. They're going at hard. Yeah, man. dude. And, and I just kept thinking to myself, it was like, man, you, you can't take that dude's mitt punching you in the face. <laughs> His hands are as big as your head, John boy. Just, they're, they're going at it. And I was, and, and then Jackson pulls back his hand and he's got a, he's got a, a grenade ring pin, yeah. a pin around his finger. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then he's, and then John boy realizes like, dude, he pulled a pin on the grenade. It's, it's in my jacket. And so he starts, <laughs> he struggles to get the jacket off and he goes and throws it and it lands on one of Gil Gerard's thugs. <laughs> he just explodes. Yeah, man. It's real. It's really, it's, it's really a fun that this last sequence is real fun. The other thug is cha- him and Gosling are now on a, yeah. a foot chase. And he's got the, the, th- the other, this other thug has got the real. Which is nothing. We don't, but Gosling doesn't, doesn't know that. Know. Yeah. He's chasing after. He's trying to track it down. What happens to the guy with the reel? Gets hit by a car. He's hit by a car, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's hit by a car. 
can goes. Gosling's got the car, the can now, and uh, Jackson is Jackson and John Boy are uh, continue to fight. Jackson now. Jackson has him in a very familiar place, very yeah. much like Blueface. He's choking him out. He's choking him out, and he's going to kill him. He's and just, but he they're on this roof that's just right outside this window that they crashed through when they were fighting. Yep. And Holly comes running out, Mister Healy. Don't do it, please don't. And he goes, and he just. He's not even he goes, Holly, go away. Holly, <laughs> Holly, and, go. And, and he goes, and he goes, if you if you kill him, I'll never speak to you again. He immediately just stops. He, he says, goes, You owe your life to a 13-year-old girl. That's what he says. <laughs> yeah, it's the right? best line. <laughs> you owe your life. Yeah, you owe your life to a 13-year-old girl. So good. And again, that's the the whole the whole relationship between the two of them was leading up to that moment yeah. where he she just her good nature rubbed off on a guy we know and we were first introduced to he's a pretty he's a he's a low life yeah yeah and so we get to see we see a serious arc between both of them but his arc is probably the most defined jackson yeah 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 for sure yeah. oh yeah because we we ryan gosling he may be a piece of shit but we know he still cares about somebody he cares about his daughter yeah but we don't ever see russell crowe care right. about anybody yep yeah he's not weepy crying but He's, he's, but you know, he's, not, he's not a softy, but he's like going, you know what? That girl's respect well, means more to me than me killing you. Yeah. Well, I mean, also he, he couldn't save Amelia. Right. But he could. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, justice is served. John Boy's going to jail. Maybe. Maybe. Kim Basinger going to jail. Maybe. Maybe. Because we cut to. Because what is good for Detroit is good for America. That's right. We find this out. These are her words. Yeah. When they're sitting in a. A little, uh, like a, a pellet cord or something, yeah. uh, wherever that. And at. the two of them are sitting together, these two benches back to back. And then she comes, you know, Judith comes in and sits down with her back to them, knowing you're just like, you're going, Yeah, I may be going away, but somebody else is coming. That's just gonna because I hired you guys to protect my daughter from Detroit. Detroit sent John Boy to come kill my daughter. There's going to be somebody else. This isn't over, right? Yeah, there's going to hey, be. Well, it's like the Hydra thing. You cut off the heads and there's just one's going to grow yeah. back in its place. Right. It's just, you know, it's kind of the moral of the story. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but then we cut to, uh, you know, margaritas. It's margarita time. Yeah, man. Russell Crowe is shit-faced. <laughs> Dude, right? He's he doesn't, in a bar. He is shit-faced. Shit-faced drunk, smoking a cigar. And one thing we need to point out, too. and this He hasn't is had a drink the entire movie. You don't, you don't talk about him being in a program or being a former alcoholic or just, I don't drink anymore. Here's just one or two moments in the party scene at the beginning or near the beginning where he has a drink and he sets it down. He never touches it. He doesn't even like look at it crooked. He just sets it down. Yep. So this is the reveal. Like he's like drinking. You're drinking again. He's like, oh, you're (laughs) drinking again. So that's a good start. Right. (laughs) So he pulls out an ad that's inside of uh, the yellow pages. Right? Yeah. And it says the nice guy's private investigation. And there's illustrations of a, a headshot for each of them, but it's illustrated. And what's the line? Because you look like... you look. Why do I look Filipino? I look Filipino, see, too. Well, you look like more like Mexican. Well, you know, that's a direct... That's a direct... Uh, that's a direct nod to the Rockford Files because that... that uh, the, uh, the ad in the yellow page is, is, looks just like Jim Rockford. It's right. like, it looks like the Rockford Files. Right. So, yeah, man. And he so, keeps and he keeps his gun in the cookie jar, just like J.M. Rockford. That's right. Yeah, man. That is nice guys. That's nice guys. God damn, that was good, dude. If you don't own this movie, 
I'll buy it for you. Seriously. No, I won't. Uh, I, I I'll would, loan you my copy. I would bet money. <laughs> okay, so you got your copy. Didn't your, Look, did your brother have your copy for like forever? Uh, he has a copy. Oh, I did you buy it again? <laughs> well, here's what's funny. I uh, I loaned it to my brother. Never got it back. I bought a copy of it apparently, but I also had like a industry screener for it Jeez. that I never opened. Right. <laughs> so it's funny because I never opened the Blu-ray and I think I probably bought it like a year ago because I wanted to watch it and I never opened it. I just was sitting there and I was like, that's oh. what, when I said, should we do nice guys? Because I was looking at it. It was like that weird moment, that reveal. Hey, what about nice guys? When we were talking about what yes. we should cover this week. It's when you get movies like this that haven't made it anywhere. Um, that didn't do well, particularly, even if it does find an audience down the line, you know, it, you're going to get good deals on them, but you know what, even if you, even if you're paying 10 bucks for it, it's so worth having owning the behind the no. scenes are fun too. Dude, there's some great little, there's some great little featurettes on it. The behind the scenes stuff's funny. Uh, there's some outtakes on it. It's good stuff. Right. I'm surprised this didn't end up as, as a, like a Warner Brothers, like two pack with this and Kiss Kiss. I really did. I'm surprised that they weren't. Right. I mean, you know, that's probably going to happen at some point. Maybe they get a third movie. They'll be a trilogy. Yeah. Both, of, both, by the way, both of these movies we mentioned, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and Nice Guys were produced by Silver Pictures. And Joel Silver has a history with, with, with Shane and a long standing history. I mean, the man broke into the business with, by Joel Silver buying Lethal Weapon. So that was, it was literally the beginning of his career. And he's done a lot of stuff for him. You know, he, Last Boy Scout, he, he obviously wrote Lethal Weapon 2, and except for some minor changes where Riggs was supposed to die. But seriously, if you don't own it, add it to your library. Because even, it, even if it's 10 bucks, it's still worth it. It's such a great movie. It's such a fun movie. And... You're going to get performances that you haven't seen before. You know what I want to say real quickly because we kind of glossed over it, but Chet, the projectionalist, is the son of Val Kilmer. Right, and as you're saying it, I remember that. Yeah, which we I, I meant to say it earlier. I just we were you know we we get to that where we're just talking and blah blah blah. The projectionalist. Yeah, the projectionalist. <laughs> anyway, so that's nice, guys. Um, yeah. So if you want to follow us on social media, you can follow Corey on Twitter at Corey Culp. And the official at Karate Pod. You can follow Freddie at Raven Shattuck on Twitter and Rock and Roller 33 on your Instagram or mine. We hope everybody enjoyed their holidays. Just keep yourself close to people that love you. And if you don't, go see a movie. Yeah, man. Lots or, of people love you or, at the movies. Yeah, everybody loves you at the movies. Peace out. Ya.